homies that I ain't talked to in a while. I'm gonna send this one out for y'all. All right. Uh, so, Jesus, it was always easy to remember what episode it was when it was one and two and three. And now <laughs> I have to look. I'm like, it's episode 13. Oh, nice. Badass Records, Adam Boyd. Um, so, April of 2000 was when I started at McCoy's, and you couldn't have been too much further along. Well, I can always timestamp it because I got hired. I got my second interview, and I got hired like on my 22nd birthday. Oh, okay. So <laughs> it, it would have been, yeah, it would have been 2003. Oh, man. Okay. September 2003, where I got hired by Rich McKinney and Matt McLean. Oh, <laughs> they hired you together? Well, I, I interviewed with, I think I just interviewed with Kevin and Rich. Okay. And maybe Matt, too. I can't remember. I feel How? like I talked to, like, it was like a real vetting process. Sure. For, uh, well, you weren't, you weren't, you, McLean was notorious for walking behind, you know, if it was a girl in uh-huh. the booth and he could make eye contact with it. You know, like <laughs> you didn't, you didn't get that green light. Yeah, so yeah. you got, you had to go through the full bro mm-hmm. vetting. Uh, really funny. How long was Rich around? Uh, probably a year ish. I okay. would bet after I was there, he worked for, for a good year, and then it was probably uh, I can't remember now. But I mean, probably Phelan, Scott. And, Whoa! Uh, yes. Blast from the past. R.I.P. Yes. Blast from the past. Uh, him, and then I remember. Then there was a big shakeup when they were like, kind of like Kevin left at the same time, and. Some other people left at the same time, and like Matt, kind of, they all kind of left it around. The, and then there was, and then there was Tad and Jay Fry, and the whole night. Like it was a real, it was a real cast of characters. Well, I, I feel mean, like which, I miss, I miss all the characters for sure. That's what I don't. Yeah, you know, working in the office, an office job, I don't really get what to do you, that as many. What are you doing right now? I work at Lockton. You do? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! How like long? Seven years. No way. Yes, you know people there. I mean, <laughs> I went to high school with Don. Uh, do you follow him on Instagram? No, I don't really know him. Oh. I mean, he's, uh, I don't, yeah, I just, I don't he's, know. He's a fascinating follow. Mm-hmm. He gets to do whatever he, you know, I mean, lots of cool stuff. Right. Lots right. of cool stuff. They've, it's a successful company. Yeah. So I'm sure he's, um, yeah. and then just, uh, I know a dude named, uh, Connor Clune and a girl named Lisa Dyer. Um, but I mean, I think that place employs hundreds. Yeah. There's like 800 in the building. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's like, I know, I know quite a few people at this point, but it's, it's been a really nice place to work. Cool. Honestly. It's yeah. like, uh, kind of, I mean, not the same scale, but similar to like, if you meet somebody that works for Cerner Yeah. and then you're like, do you, and they're like, there's 19,000 employees across. I mean, it's kind of like, I, it's kind of like, uh, I'm at Baker university or something. You're like, do you know blah, blah, blah? I'm like, yeah, kind of. I mean, I know that name. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure, I know him. Yeah. Or uh, I know the name, but... Uh, Seven yeah. years? Yeah, well, I did a couple of years when uh, my... Uh, I did probably like three years where I worked at the restaurant, too, just like on Saturday Grunauer? nights. Grunauer? Yeah, Grunauer. Was that your last hurrah in the in the industry? Yeah, I really only worked two places. Wow. Technically. Well, I mean, I te- technically, I worked at four restaurants, but... The first two I barely count because I worked at like a Ruby Tuesdays for a couple months and a an on the border. And I vowed that I would never 
wait tables again because it was awful, mm-hmm. as you would imagine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, being a patron at On the Border is kind of awful. <laughs> that was enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, imagine working there. I remember, like, working there for, like, uh, I mean, I was there for a month, and I quit. I, like, no call, no showed straight up. I was, But it was awful. Yeah. But I was there for a month, and my general manager never even introduced himself to me. Mm. That kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're just, like, and no one cared. Yeah, you're just a cog. And I, like, made $5 most lunches that I worked because I was, like, the lowest. I mean, it was just awful, and I was not good at it. They want you to upsell. They want you to do all this crap. And I just remember being, like, I was like, I don't want to do this. And yeah. Then, but I got a job. I got a line on a job at McCoy's. Okay. And, uh, and then when I got in there... Uh, it was just so, it was, I think that's what, yeah, it was just so different. Like, yeah. And in a good way. Yeah. Where it was like, oh, these people, I was like, the, the, I just, it was, it felt more like home. You know well, what I mean? I was like, it, it's people a, my it's age a, is younger. It's like fun. We're in Westport. It, it's, you know? it's a cliche thing to say, but like that, like 2000, early 2000 through like 2010, whatever. I mean, it was very kind of family-like, you know? I mean. Oh, yeah. Uh, Before they had a second restaurant, even right, and like, all right, yep, and uh, yeah, and it was just a lot of hanging out yep. too. It was yep. like hanging out after you you closed, and then it was kind of unsaid that you would just hang out and smoke cigarettes mm-hmm. and drink beers mm-hmm. after work f- with your manager mm-hmm. for a number of hours sometimes. until it was time to go to Harry's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I remember sometimes being like, uh, it's not even a restaurant; no one can get in trouble anymore. <laughs> but I remember like a couple of times going home at like. Seven o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, like the morning crew. Like, God, what was the dudes and his wife that came in? And oh, uh, Han. Uh, uh, it wasn't Hans, but uh, 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 shit. You know what I'm talking about. Was it Han and his wife? Yeah, he Carol. Was, he was and it wasn't that her name. Yes, Carol and uh, yeah. Anyway. Another, another couple of interesting characters. <laughs> I mean, she, he's like, if you got him, and most of the time, unless she was helping, you would get him alone. And he was like eager to have quality human interactions. Really? But in the back of your mind, you're, yeah, because I would see him all the time. But in yeah, because you're in, the, in your morning. But in the back of your mind, I'm always like, what are you doing married to that girl, dude? Like, she seems <laughs> cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And then sometimes she would show you that she was. Yeah, uh, I barely knew them. I just remember being like, I just they just they had a real, he shared a real strange vibe. Yeah, pretty intense kind of like intense hippie vibe. But. Mm-hmm. Well, and and pretty judgmental too, which is not really usually cut from the hippie cloth. It's kind of like, yeah. Um, it's always weird when that happens. So from so you went to Grunauer, mm-hmm. and then that was it. Uh, yeah. So those are the four restaurants, but I, I say, like, I, I say two, cause the first two were a couple months and then I worked at McCoy's for like over six years. And then I worked at Grunau for, for basically over six years, but, and then, uh, but yeah, so those were my real, that's really the, the two places I worked, right. which I feel like is somewhat atypical for service industry. Usually service industry bounce around, bounces a more. around. Yeah. I think it's a testament to the, the, you know, the culture and the atmosphere of those places because like i but mccoy's had a lot of that i mean there's always turnover because it was a big staff but um there was a core staff that was there for a long time yeah i mean how long did freaking mcvicker work there i mean you know what i mean like 20 years yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
like uh, while like doing most of most of those years he was like full time at UPS during yeah. the day. It's like what? Yeah. But I mean he only did like what do you do? Two or three shifts there. Right. But so I always felt like and I I always felt like cuz I I didn't really like go straight through in college or anything like I kind of did the classic KU freshman year and didn't really do where you know kind of like wasn't very disciplined and just like kind of didn't flunk out but it was like kind of went back home with my tail between my legs sort of thing and then went to community college and then didn't really so I always kind of felt like I was kind of envious of people that did like the four years and have their college friends sure. and all that stuff but like I so I always kind of like to think that like I went to call like those are the people that I went to college with right that like like I'm not like in contact with all, all of them all the time but if I if I see somebody I'm always like it's always like a warm feeling if I saw yeah. Jillian on the street I'd be like right you know like yeah. or court I see Courtney every once sure. in a while yeah. or uh but I'm still you know I'm like still great friends with Jingle and still great friends with uh who else do I see a lot weren't you tight with Patrick Kraft yeah, but we were friends from middle school. Okay. He got a job. I got him a job when he moved back here from New York. Okay. It was like, come, come work here. Right. And, uh, but there was like, it's also funny. There's all these like satellite people that like, uh, what was I going to say? Like, I feel like there is a bunch, there's a crew at Grunauer that's McCoy's people. Oh yeah. 100%. There's a crew. Of, and then there was a people that jumped ship that went somewhere else too. Like, but it was kind of like, Hey, this is a good place to work, you know, come on over here. So it was like. Megan O'Hara works there, and um, or she still does a little bit, I think. But Chris Hart works there. Yep, at Grunauer, at right? Grunauer. And, and Jimmy is he a manager? Uh, Jimmy moved back to Texas. When? Last year or so, something. With wife and kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but yeah, but he worked there for a while and managed for yeah. a while. Uh, yeah, other people too. I can't remember now. I've got off the top of my well, head. Patrick, Patrick well, worked there yeah. for a while. Uh, Man, that's, you know... Um, Ashley Wilson works there. Oh, okay. Yeah, remember her? Yeah, of course. Uh, I knew her better from uh, 180 slash Beer Kitchen, yeah. but... She never really worked. But she was a, she was a satellite yeah, voice yeah. person. There was always... I was like, a, like a, a Jillian nucleus, and then there was like those people that were surrounding right, like Jared right. and... Yeah, and is he still in Denver? He moved back. He moved back now, with yeah. his... They got married, right? No, but they split up. Oh, they did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, that's the, where I was going with that is like of that core, you know, mm-hmm. like so many families were formed. I mean, yeah. Kazajansky, you know, yep. got married and had four kids with Shannon. Yep. Um, and, I mean, uh, Corselia. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he met a girl while he was working there, right? Yeah. I mean, I met my wife there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was as a regular. Yeah, you know. Jingle was yep. working there, and his wife was up at um, Blue Stem, maybe. Yeah, I don't remember where she was. I mean, it was all just sort of. I can't remember the full details, but yeah, there's a number. I mean, I think there was a. I mean, did Allison and Jason meet? Yes. Too? Yeah, they did. And uh, yeah, lots of people. Yeah. Um, I mean, Spencer. He, yeah. Um, she was she hosted for yeah, a minute. For sure. Um, Jimmy and Lindsay. Yep. Yeah, Jimmy and Lindsay. Anna and I. Um, and I mean, 
probably the list goes on and on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, have tons of ones, and I can't remember. It, that. Exactly. Can't remember. There's people that come up, and I'm like, I always. It's one of those things that I assume like I'm gonna know some of this. Like I feel like I'm gonna know those people the rest of my life, but of course, like your life moves on. I, and stuff yeah. Like that. But and sometimes you're just like, where do I know you? Yeah. <laughs> I ran into this guy. That, so we, you know, I went to kindergarten roundup the other day for my son who's going to be in kindergarten next year and there was this guy and I had to go say something to him I would just go I know you what do I know you from you know it's like and and we were just talking and I was like I used to work at McCoy's from he goes yeah he goes, I just just I used to hang out in there all the time I was like that's it like I didn't I never knew him never met him but right. I was like you just I see I, I run into people like that all the time yeah like, McCoy's? Yeah. McCoy's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, and then like you know, 180 happened and then the foundry. I mean, that was a whole other like cha- I know. chapter. It's just, it was kind of, I remember it being like really kind of exciting to that. There was all these people that were like, um, uh, what was I going to say that were, uh, now sort of related to you. Right. To the thing. Yeah. And then like, so, and then, so then there was all, so it's almost like having this, like it, even as finding out you have those like larger extended families. Yeah. Otherwise, like, I don't know all of them, but there was a handful of them that I kind of was like, Oh, that now I know that yeah. guy. And now, I, and then, and I, I don't, I feel like I've aged out of it a little bit where even when I go out to eat now, there's not, I went into Harry's like for the first time, like after, after the pandemic, I mean, when last summer, when it was kind of cool for, for the first time. Um, and, uh, went into Harry's, didn't know a soul really not really even bummed me out. not even jeremy jeremy wasn't there okay i mean it was it was like a weird it was a happy hour time maybe he sure. wasn't coming in until later or, yeah but like well he bounced for a minute but then I, I came back yeah. yeah and then i then i i did see somebody that was like that had worked in the kitchen that i knew kind of separately a little bit but you know i was in my mind i was like walking into for my grand return and i was like and i was gonna come in and like they're like, gonna like, line up like blueberry vodka shots or something yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean hey boy right. what's up buddy right. like and then it's like oh hey i used to hang out here doesn't <laughs> did yeah. anyone tell you about me yeah yeah not I mean, really it's still an awesome place it's still an awesome bar and i you know it was like for a, sure i would go there regardless but and now pete's not there anymore either i so. know did he go back to california what did he do i don't know i haven't really been in much contact with him but i think he was no i think he was doing i think he's doing something else altogether but okay. I, I really don't know <clears throat> maybe real estate <laughs> i feel I, like that's a move that a lot of folks make um uh yeah, um, Ethan Brown. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, you know, a week from tonight. We'll be sitting there. Oh, cool. I mean, I did. I haven't seen him in forever. Like, he, uh, tell him I say hello. Cause I, I will. I yeah. will. He. Uh, I don't know how many closes or whatever it was uh, once the foundry was up and running. It's like because we were back. We were connected to the mm-hmm. kitchen to the so we're getting everything kind of prepped and. Yeah equipment and then hiring people and training and and then all of a sudden front of the house you know this huge fold of people is in the mix and anyway i did, had a whole bunch of shifts and then finally one night uh, he was i think he got me a beer and was like dude what's your name man or, mm-hmm. or, or, or he probably knew my name but was like w- he made some kind of effort like yeah, we yeah. should hang out and uh <laughs> he's like just give me a call and he put a business card down on the bar and i was like whoa this is next level and i picked it up and it just said ethan brown expert <laughs> just had his <laughs> cell good. number that's good I like, I like it no, i like I, it 
Yeah, I think he was. I feel like he was one of those people that was like, it happens. It's happened every once in a while where somebody, somebody, somebody that knows you both suggests that you guys would like each other, right? And you're, and I was like, yeah, oh, sure, great, mm-hmm. yeah, another guy, another dude, I'm yeah. Like, and then it was immediately like, oh yeah, he flipped KU basketball and like, and then we just have tons of things in common. And he's just like a funny, fun yeah. guy. And I, and I just haven't seen him in forever. But my my uh, my stepmom. In '88, clipped the cover of Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. Danny and the Miracle, and then there was a the front page of the Star, and she like framed him, and it was like kind of the centerpiece of my room at my dad's, and I loved it. But then one day I was at his house, and I he has a whole room. Oh really? Yeah, whole room. <laughs> and so I I gave it to him. Oh, that's and he awesome. He was like, no, and I was like, yeah, yeah. like I. My appreciation for this still exists, but it has waned so greatly over yeah, the yeah. years that it should belong. So we were texting, um, I don't know, six weeks ago trying to get, and he, he sent me like 43 tracks. And I was like, all right, so I got to like figure out how, you know, because it's just is, like songs. That yeah. So, that he, yeah. Like, oh, like that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it, it'll, it'll work out, but. Um, and then we kind of, he was like, let me look at the calendar and I'll get back to you. And some weeks went by and then he texted me Monday morning of the championship game. And he's like, okay, here's, I want you to take, what are the dates that are available now? And here's the one I want to take. And then, then I was like, cool. And I, it was all done deal. And then he sent me a picture from new Orleans. He's like, by the way, I'm here to pick up that championship trophy in person. (laughs) And then after we won, I just got told you <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome yeah no that was really <coughs> very satisfying game oh my god sure. man it was su- such a satisfying run i mean yeah. the whole tournament was just i mean and now my kids are like fully Full on board. They, they they weren't before which you know i i just the way things are i i don't really check in until march i mean it yeah i've kind of been the same way for the last handful of years for whatever reason i, I mean I, I i don't really know why part of it is because like you know you have children and then i feel like the brain power that i have for this stuff is like i only have x amount of space in my of time and brain power for it and you know the Chiefs drafted one of the all-time great quarterbacks, and I've I've kind of that's kind of been like my it's been kind of my focal point focus like even in the off season, like I think about it way too much, and so my and there's some and I don't know there's just been I feel like to a degree that college sports and very literally and maybe figuratively is is sort of a, a young man's game in a way you know what I mean and I lo- I mean I lo- at the same time when March happened. I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. I, I went to my watching the Elite Eight games in my friend's house and Suit 16 game. I'm like, so fun. Oh my God. Loved it. it yeah. was, I was, couldn't. And then, and you know, you're watching, you're like, oh, yes, I want this. I want them to win as much as I've ever wanted anything to win. Uh-huh. But like when I was 19 years old, 20 years old, like I never cared about a team more than I cared about like the 2002 Jayhawks. Wow. Like my, because we were talking, I was talking about this. We were talking about our favorite albums and stuff. But favorite, we were, I was talking to my friends about favorite, who your your favorite Jayhawks are, and I'm oh, like, man. and I was like, nowadays, like I, my answer is like, I love, I love Nick Collison. I've seen him around town a few times. 
And uh, Nick Collison, I love Sharon Collins. And then kind of dips back in the 90s and stuff But after that. But I, I, that, I was so brokenhearted when they lost to Syracuse mm. that uh, like I just loved that team. I loved the team before it probably just as much or if not more with Drew Gooden. And... Man. Anyway. That was another thing we argued about from time to time. What? Basketball? Drew Gooden and how uh, what I used to always say it was his fault for that they didn't win because he left and you were oh, you're okay. like you're yeah. out of your fucking mind like <laughs> it's like I know you tell me that every time we talk <laughs> <laughs> I was like I actually wondered about this because I was like I've had I feel like I've there's some you know some people that you have like uh, I was like like certain are certain arguments with especially about these sorts of things because we you and I were talking before about I was telling you before about how like this is the kind of thing that like will stick in my head and I will like spend too much brain power on form formulating an argument as to over stuff like this, not things that are like, not things that might be that, that some people might deem important, but things <laughs> that are like, you know, the greatest uh, KU swing man or whatever, like stupid stuff like that. But, um, but I feel like there, so for some reason, if you get into uh, heated, Sure. Like bar room is what right. I should say. Like a bar, like a hanging out at the bar, drinking after work, arguing about, I remember arguing with Kevin Kim about multiple things too, like about, and and then for some, those, those things kind of tend to like start shaping my argument as I go forward. I'm like, how can I, how can I dispel what like Blair's argument here? How else could I fortify like my position with how good Scotty Pippen is? Right. <laughs> like, uh, right. or that, uh, or that, you know, I remember arguing with Kevin Kim about whether or not, whether or not Deion Sanders was a shutdown corner. Oh boy. Like <laughs> and stuff like that. Just like dumb stuff. But, uh, I don't, I don't know where we, how we got onto that topic. But Well, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Like, yeah. and, and, and sometimes, you know, like, <laughs> Uh, you know, when you're in your twenties or your early thirties, like you have, uh, like I, I might be walking around in my day to day life with, you know, a pretty decent list of bullet points that mm -hmm. identify who Adam Boyd is in my mind. <laughs> right, and then right. as time goes on, it comes down to like three and you step, step back and you're like, that was like, I, I had no, you know, no ground to stand on whatsoever. You're like, you're like. Adam Boyd is a Scotty Pippen fan. Uh, <laughs> Santa Fe Burger, milk and cookies. Santa Fe Burger, <laughs> milk and cookies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm a, and um, I was like, Blair likes hockey for some reason. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, fish. Yeah, yeah. And 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 so instead of like allowing those things to like define who i think the person is i go the other like i don't have even the brain power capacity to give it you know the 90 seconds that it, so i just go like you're you're not an expert in that you never have been he probably knows <laughs> but but for some reason you wanted to engage i know and and i think in 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 our case in particular um you know there there was like a really kind of a good family team feel to that staff mm -hmm. but there's of course like significant like you, you can't you can't skate completely around 
the front of the house and the back of oh, the house yeah. stuff. That's true. And then, you know, the fact that, um, and there's a, some, and I feel like when you're younger too, there was a bigger, it, it was a bigger age gap. The age gap shortens, tightens. Yeah. And like now, like we're both fathers yeah. and I'm 40 and like, how old are you? 47. 47. Yeah. So you're like, you, you and Jingle are the same age, right? Yeah. Basically. Uh, yeah. So, 73 74 yeah okay so ish yeah you're close and then but like that can it's a little bit more significant when you're in your 20s or yeah like oh I'm, yeah I'm, I'm 25 and you're 32 yeah i see it felt a little bit different yeah but i mean it, it i don't know it all comes out in the wash in a way like it's well like, there's you know and then there's you know uh at least on my end there was i and i didn't know this then but now <clears throat> there's some kind of motivation to like, you know, bridge the gap between front and back. Like Mm -hmm. we may have a moment through the window in the middle of dinner service, but like, I still want to have beers and bullshit when the shift's over. And so, you know, some people, everybody's got like kind of a different level of accessibility. I think that your accessibility seemed closer to me. Like you seemed nicer you know, okay. a little bit more. Ex- well, that's good to know. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's because, you know, like I, I relationship with Dave was one thing and Spencer was one thing. McVicker is another thing. Gherkin's another thing. Yeah. And then you have some people uh, that, you know, like I'm just throwing a dart in the dark here, but like Tobias. Yeah. Accessible. But you kind of go, I don't know how much I really want to like. He, he seems like. A little bit of a loose cannon. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and just the, well, for the nature of the business and that, that, that amount of people too, there's also just, I've, I've thought about that a lot too, where I, I think it, some of it comes down to the fact that you're just like, you're just not going to click with everybody. I know. Right? I know. Like, you're just like, and cause I remember one of the things I, I, memories I sort of have of, of you though, is that like, that we have, that we had a lot of the same interests, but disagreements within those interests yeah but but really having those same interests is, is like i i feel like i took it for granted when i worked at the rest when i worked at restaurants because there's a i i, I guess i didn't realize what sort of so much of a how much of a bubble i was sort of in mm. and then when i work in the corporate world and then i'm i make certain references at work not deep cut stuff right in my mind right but and people are like what <laughs> and i was like Okay, uh, you know what I mean, and yeah. not and I and but really and but then also that coupled with the fact that like this is a real this is they, these this is a really smart person that knows what they're doing and they're just they just not have they just have not prioritized the same things that they're not they don't they don't uh, fuss over the over the same bullshit stuff that I'm about where it's, you know like uh, what the best Wilco album is or oh, whatever man. you know I mean that kind of you know what I yeah. mean where it's like. No, they're actually been busy trying to further their careers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're just like, oh, maybe I'm the dummy here. Not dummy, but like, sure. You know what I mean? And so you find a different way to relate to them, uh, you, to people. But there, you can help yourself, or I can get them for you, or you can. Oh, okay. Uh, switch it up. I'll go. I mean, I didn't want to. I didn't want to bust up. Your go for it. You got a lot of fun stuff in here. I saw them one time. Did you really? That's the old man, the old three-legged dog. That's Medeski. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, um, yeah, when I was a freshman at KU, my buddies were big. Uh, my buddy Aaron, who, uh, who passed away a couple years ago, oh, wow. he, um, and then his friend were, 
huge. They were in kind of a, I think what you would, they weren't a jam band necessarily. I, I don't know what you'd categorize it as, but it's kind of a, sort of a, uh, in that vein, straight out of, straight out of high school. And they're in this band called Jose PH. Okay. And um, really good musicians and or Joseph, yeah, basically <laughs> was the lead singer was Joe was Joe. Okay, and so but it worked well for them to be Jose Ph. And uh, anyway, they were like, we're going to San- we're we're going to drive to St. Louis and go see Modesky Martin and Wood. You want to go? And my to Patrick and I, we lived in the dorm across this across the hall. And uh, who doesn't want to go on a road trip right. with your new friends when yeah. you're 19, right? So. Anyway, so we drove. I didn't really know any Modesky Martin Wood uh, other than like what I had after they had talked about it, like downloaded off of Napster. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they... we went and it was. I remember really enjoying it a lot. I uh, so this it would have been whenever they were touring for the Dropper. Yeah, see, that's that's right. I mean, like probably. Mm-hmm. I, I went to my sister was at MU for a minute, and mm-hmm. uh, I went down and we saw him at the Blue Note. Um, right. and so they did notes from the underground, which was like 91 and then Friday afternoon in the universe. Mm-hmm. And then they did, it's a jungle in here, which is, I mean, I, I love that record so much, mm-hmm. but it, it's still, it's still a little out there. Right. And it's a jungle <laughs> in here is like not a bad track. Right. Um, and then they put out uh shack man, which is also okay. fantastic. And then they put out Combustication with DJ Logic, which is all these names. so freaking good. Okay. And then after that, they were like, we're going to go this direction mm-hmm. with the dropper and okay. all. And it just so much experiment. I was like, nope, I am. I'm out. You're out. Okay. And, and I went to see that show. And we all partied and had a blast. But the whole time I was like, will you guys stop? doing like this is all just atonal and weird signatures right, right. and like we're you're you're sort of a, a nephew of the jam band like we should be able to like dance yeah, to this yeah. and smoke a doobie and... you know i wonder that's interesting because like i don't have i didn't have that context i went because my friends are into yeah. it and i and i i don't think i actually ever bought a record or anything um but i enjoyed the show because i mean there was it was sure. some serious musicianship yeah. and one of the, probably my favorite venue I've ever been to. I went there twice in St. Louis called the pageant. Yeah. Theater. It yeah. Was, it was so fucking I saw cool. railroad earth there when my daughter was tiny. Really? With her. We were, she, you know, yeah. <laughs> wearing her and the I headphones. Just remember there, like not being a bad seat in the house. Yep. It was such a cool, like, I was like, man, I wish there was a place like this in KC. But, um, cause then I ended up seeing, we went up a couple years later to see the white stripes. It was oh. right, right right as they were really breaking big okay because like, they probably they were from they were the they were it for a minute man like, right and so it was like they just had that song where they got on mtv but and they were so they were indie big on their way to being big big big, big. yeah and uh so we drove I mean, that and that was a cool show and but i just remember that being i was like man i would go I, i've i think a few times i've like googled and looked up just like what who's playing the pageant just because sure. i would want to yeah it's because like I want to go to Red Rocks for the same reason. I've oh, never man. been, and I just like I would. What's these something that would be? I don't, you know, like it doesn't need to be a bucket list thing. It'd be something that I wouldn't mind seeing just to go see in that right. venue. Yeah, but. yeah. They, you get to walk in with like a, a very lowered list of expectations, which enables you right. to just enjoy it more. Right? Did you? Um, yeah, exactly. Because I had a friend that did the same thing. I had a friend that uh, he was telling me he did that 
like he wanted he just wanted to go see to Red Rocks and so he just and they looked at the calendar and so he went to go see Tenacious D. Oh nice. He said yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. Just because like yeah. it was just he's like, I'm a Tenacious D fan, I guess, but not like a huge fan. Right. But anyway, I, I I'd like to uh oh I was gonna ask you, that's right, because we got on this with Medeski, but um there's a Medesk there's a who's the which one's the drummer? Martin? Yes. Billy Martin? Yeah. Illy B, yeah. Illy B. Okay, yeah. And so I was going to ask you about it because I listened to I listened to those. He has those like I don't know if you call them breakbeat albums or like, I think so. Where he just like record it's like a recording of him kind of basically just like vamping on the drums mm-hmm, or something, mm-hmm. and they're pretty fun. To, yeah, like... I left out that they put out uh, two records with John Schofield, a guitarist. Mm-hmm. One of them's a go go, and that was before the Dropper, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. really really good. And then the next, the second one, I I never really gave a listen. So they get they did cut from what from what I recall, and you know this better than me, but they did cut their teeth like opening for fish, or that's kind of how they got known, right? Opening for fish. I don't think so. Really, um, fish has had uh, very 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 few openers. Yeah, because they play for like five hours or well, whatever. Whatever, two ninety. I, mean, I, <laughs> I didn't mean a derogatory. I mean, like, but, <laughs> it's a derogatory. But, you know. Uh, they might. It does have... seem like a weird band to have openers if you're gonna like play two sets. Yeah, I mean like... they opened for Santana a couple times, uh, and then you know kind of. Medeski ar- did. No fish. Oh, fish did. Okay. Around the time that, are you're probably maybe too young for Horde, the Horde Fest. Oh yeah, I never went. But right. Pa- Patrick went to the Horde Fest with like Blues Traveler and Smashing Pumpkins. And yeah, something. yeah. Horizons of Rock developing everywhere. Uh, is that what yeah, for? <laughs> I never uh, that. in that little window, <laughs> they had a couple shows where they had some openers. These guys could have, but I don't have it. You know, say that again. What is the horde? Horizons of rock developing everywhere. So it was a, so it was like the idea is that it's like an eclectic. I mean, it was really like, hey, we're we're making the jam band scene legit. I mean, that's where you get widespread and blues traveler and fish and maybe Medeski and. You know, but they, but from my recollection, didn't Smashing Pumpkins like? Yeah, play? there were other outfits too, but okay. I, but I, I, I don't. Horizons of Rock. Smashing Pumpkins all seems feels more like Lollapalooza to me. But. For sure, but that's why that's why I was confused. Like I never, I, I didn't quite associate Horde Fest with being jam band, even though there was like it had like that element to it. But yeah. I that, like I mean, like, I could Smashing also Pumpkins be are way more. Yeah, like you said, they're they're more like alternative rock. Yeah, right. Like capital A. Uh, I'm also not a Horde Fest expert, so I could, I could just be imposing <laughs> my own. Well, why'd you bring it up? No, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I just remember Patrick going to Horde Fest. Yeah. I, um, I didn't go. Man, uh, Red yeah, Red Rocks. I is, should go, huh? It's, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've. My old manager, it, previous supervisor, was, um, loves the Gorge. Oh, that, that's a bucket list for me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She it's goes, just so far. She's a big uh, Dave fan, mm-hmm. but she likes a lot of in that general vicinity. Yep. Um, but she's she goes and it's like, it's the greatest. I know. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's quite a trek, huh? Well, I mean, any, the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And then I think wherever you fly into, I think there's a, a decent drive. Yeah. Um, it's not that close and to then, anything. And then, and then, you know you're it's it's in the town it's in george washington the town is called george so okay it's oh um but i mean you've, like joe montana i've yeah i've seen plenty of footage and 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 it 
doesn't look like there's much around. Right. I mean, it's like camping and you go to the show, right? Yeah. So not only, you know, get there and then get there, but then you're there for a minute. I mean, so mm-hmm. I, I don't, um, it just, it, whenever a tour is announced, it's always like, what do the finances look like? How much vacation do I have? How much, you know, like, yeah, how much is my want? Cause it's now, gonna be something you really want to go to. Well, right? I mean, it, now does anyone play there that you really want to go to? Fish plays every summer. Okay, you know, like two or three nights. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, I'm I'm I don't like I I've almost refused to fly in day of show and fly fly out morning after. I want a day. I want bookends. Yeah. Of days it doesn't seem relaxing at all. Um. <laughs> also, uh, so. They they've done, I mean, ten this year will be eleven years of you know three night run at Dick's Sporting Goods Park mm-hmm. in Commerce City outside of Denver where the Colorado Rapids play. Okay. Um, and I've done all three nights for you know the first ten years, and uh, a lot of those first year you know six seven eight years were I would camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, there's three public soccer fields adjacent to the property. So you literally just walk over and you're, it's not like a difficult. And then there's, you know, right. there's a, a family from green Bay or somewhere in Wisconsin that are like lifelong Packers fans. And they have a shower business. They bring in these huge trailers that are like just full of shower stalls. So, I mean, you take a hot shower every day. You know, uh, you and pay, shave. Just pay to take a shower. No, or, it's part of the camping. Oh, and of there's the food trucks, and you know. Oh, cool! So like, they got it, they got it really locked down. Huh? Yeah, uh, but but you know, when that was the motivation, the motivation was also to make sure I had, you know, floor GA. I want to be down there. If you're gonna go through that effort, you don't want to be. You got to be close, right? I well, not like- so. Like, go with the same dude every year, and mm-hmm. this past year. You know, it's always like, what'd you, oh, you got shut out uh, in the lottery, then, okay, let's try public on sale. And then if that doesn't work, maybe secondary market, or maybe we're trying to find tickets or get rid of tickets when we're there. Mm-hmm. But it's always like an effort to get, make sure we're both on the floor. And this past time, uh, he had seats and I had floor. And I was like, I'm, I'm not going down. Like, I want to, you know, I want to be, you know, I don't want to stress about like how much longer is the spear going to last me and how soon am I have to pee. Right. So I ended, we ended up sitting not only last row in the seats, but aisle. Mm-hmm. So like I can look and see the bathroom and the bar, right. <laughs> yeah. which, which means that I can yeah. bail and take a leak and get a beer and be back in like three and a half minutes right, and right. sitting yeah, I guess that makes sense. You don't have to fight through everyone to go get your beer and then fight all right. the way to get back or whatever. And then three ni- three nights of, you know, mm-hmm. two 90-minute sets per night on your feet dancing. Like, by night three, you're like, my body is sore. How many uh, how many times have you seen fish? I think 77. Okay. Uh, and actually, I, Anna and I did, in 2014, we went um, to Miami and saw them four nights in a row for new year's mm-hmm. in the venue that the heat play. Yeah. And I remember at one point we may have even talked about it. I remember you popped into my mind, like Boyd would probably have some NBA fucking <laughs> deep stat and be like, well, yeah. on October 6th, you yeah, know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, 
but anyway, uh, I saw I saw my first fish show there at Red Rocks, and then I've seen them four other times. But I also saw, I, I mean, I went to a festival there, which was fun, but like a lot because it was all day. But I saw, like, I think it was July fourth of '95. I saw Rusted Root mm-hmm. open for the Allman Brothers. Oh, cool! And Rusted Root like blew the Almond Brothers out of the water. I was like, "What is happening right now?" I didn't know that they had. I thought they were just, you know, the one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, before they were doing like car commercials and shit with their right. Send me whatever that track is. That is. Rusted Root? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send me on my way. Yeah, do 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 do. Yeah, yeah, but that's not. They it's like track three off of that record had like just this furious mm-hmm. percussion and it was really cool and really different and anyway uh but i'd love to go to the gorge but i'd also love to be completely comfortable in yeah. all of the <laughs> yeah, assets yeah, yeah. i don't want i don't want travel to be no, a stress I, I don't want my bladder to be constantly being like hey man you know yeah. um anyway um, no, I hear you. I haven't gone. To, I haven't seen a show in such a long time. I like. I. I'm. I, I think I'm going in the fall to see Pavement. Okay. In Kansas City, they're coming. Wow. Uh, to the Uptown. Okay. And Chandler, Mark Chandler. Oh wow. Messaged me about it. He lives in Tulsa. Oh he's yeah. Like, hey, uh, boy, are you interested? Uh, <laughs> uh, pavement. One of the great bands of the '90s, like you know, you know, you know how he is, and mm-hmm. he was like, anyway. So I think we're gonna go. I think, I believe he bought tickets. I need to, I need to pay him for my ticket, but uh, we're gonna go see Pavement at the Uptown in the fall, which will be fun. They were almost. I, I don't know. I can't remember if one of theirs was on my list or not. Okay. No, it but was, they, it, the, it fits. It I mean, on, it was on the outskirts. Yeah. It was. It was something that I re-listened to. I'm sure. Um, I have. I've been seeing a lot of comedy. I saw like nine or ten shows. Just Ooh, live? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Just solo. Every one of them by myself. In Kansas um, City? Yeah. At, uh, at that comedy club out uh, south? There, there's a place in uh, the West Bottoms. It's a tiny little thing. Uh, the Midland. Um, okay. All over the place. I saw... I saw one of the last things before COVID, yeah, I remember him making jokes about COVID because it 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 had just started percolating on the the coasts. Uh, was the last one of the last live things, but I saw it was was a stand up comedy show. I don't know if you know who Joe Mandy is. I know the name. Not uh, familiar with his material. He's uh, he was a writer for he was a writer on Parks and Recreation. Okay, and then, uh, and then um, the Good Place. You know that show with Ted Danson and uh, oh, uh, maybe very meta. Like it's, okay. it's really interesting. And then anyway, but I thought he's really he was a really good Twitter follow and then and, and then Instagram follow and stuff. And are you are you on Twitter? I I I deleted it. Okay. I it, I, f- I find it like way more toxic than the other ones, and I just I just feel like it always makes me it puts me in a bad mood whenever I see it. So I but you can access Twitter without having mm-hmm. the thing mm-hmm. to scroll through. So anyway, people say that a lot, but I also feel like if that's your experience you're probably opening it frequently and refreshing and doing a decent amount of scrolling i don't if i get a notification or somebody via text i'll open it and i'll look and then maybe i'll hit home and refresh Mm -hmm. and then i'm out like but uh are you do we follow each other on instagram maybe i feel like you're a very very low-key quiet social media presence yeah i would say which fits with 
You know? <laughs> I'm a lurker okay. for sure. Okay. I like Reddit a lot now because I just follow my interests. Yeah. And I yep. like slip, sift through and I. That's kind of how my Twitter feed is, though. It's yeah. only stuff that I'm interested in. I mean, I, I it's cool. I just uh, I feel like I have enough of those things. And then I just, for some reason, I just don't jive well with Twitter. I, I don't yeah. know why I even yeah. like have Facebook on there. Except there's a few, there's a few, like, I think it's honestly because there's like a few whatever uh, groups that I'm in that I'm like, I kind of, I want to keep up with. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, though, I just, every time I look, every time I open it to look at it and it's, there's, and I like scroll through my feed of it, I'm just like, why did I do this? It's not, it's not that anyone's bad or wrong. It just like. I yeah, know. I just it, it. I could. I could. It doesn't. It doesn't do me any good. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, but musically, I, I am. I'd, so we we did get completely shut out of the Labor Day, and so we said, you know what, we did ten ten years, and so we're gonna go first weekend of August. We're gonna go see him in Atlantic City. Oh, cool. Which I've never been to. Yeah. I don't think either. he has either, but that'll be fun. I'm. I, I do have a Friday night ticket to Boulevardia. Um, and then I, well, I bought a ticket because I'm like a newfound Jenny Lewis fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love her. Um, well, uh, connection for you. That's a fun connection. I don't know if he's still touring with her, but, and I am not really friends, friends with this guy. I mean, I'm friends with him enough that if I saw him, I would say hello and shake his hand. But like I got the drummer from the aforementioned Jose PH. Oh really? Is a it was like legit like a he's a professional drummer i don't know if he does studio work but i i, I remember like five years ago or something i cl- i four or five years ago I, I put on austin city limits and Ginny lewis was playing and i was like fuck that's josh adams like he was a, he went to ku he was in jose ph he was in ghosty which was another uh, ba- local band that was friends of mine were in um and just it's one of those things where he's like this great drummer and I sort of had to take it on faith because I don't really know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm sure that he is. Right. He has, I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't be, you're not a professional drummer. At Austin good. City Limits. That's exactly. Kind of, yeah. He's touring, he's with a tour and he's like, he, he, and then I, he was on, someone pointed, he was on Kimmel uh, playing drums with Nora Jones. Oh, wow. So like, he's like. And he was like uh, this guy that was, he's my, he's exactly my age. I think he went to, I want to say he went to West. Okay. Shawnee Mission West. Sure. For everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we have a shorthand over mm-hmm. here on the, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> in Kansas City. Which is um, where. The is diagonal that, schools. Is that the origin of the, um, the Sudeikis clan? Or I think so. South? Sudeikis and, and Paul Rudd and they all went to West, I think. Okay, yeah. Uh, but he, um. But yeah, I remember that was like my friends being like, oh yeah, he, Josh is incredible. He's like, I mean, as a freshman, he was like first chair jazz band at KU, like that kind of thing where he was just, it was very clear that this guy was the best musician that anyone knew. Do you, do you follow Gherkin on Instagram? Uh, I, maybe. He I did, remember. he did like this indie drummer collective project. Uh-huh. Where he, I think he did two different ones. The first one was uh, Def Leppard Hysteria, mm-hmm. I think. And so all these different drummers got assigned, or maybe they got to pick a track. Uh-huh. But I mean, th- there's some intricate stuff happening, right, even right. even post accident with that drummer. Uh-huh. So see, seeing him there and then talking to him, uh, just like you know, he, he would you know kind of verbally 
share a few riffs or, or reference certain, like he's, he's legit. Like, oh, I'm sure I mean, he is. Uh, and you know, uh, pretty aggressive. Um, yeah, he's like, uh, he burns through heads and sticks yeah, and yeah. you know, he is, he plays hard, huh? I think I've, I feel like I've maybe only ever seen him play one. I yeah. want to say I saw him once or twice. I, 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 I wanted to go, I had all these questions to like, you know, sort of probe the, the the collective writing and recording experiences and he was just like you asking the wrong guy shut shut up and hit shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that fits that yeah fits. That, that definitely tracks he's a yeah i would imagine that on the scale of like the of musicians like as far as what instrument you play the drums is probably low on the list of like oh this drummer also writes songs right you know I mean? yeah it's not it's not really an instrument yeah. you probably write a lot of songs yeah on. i think at some point he he made a joke where he's like fucking drummers talking again you know like, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. great idea yeah, jason yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no but this guy i mean I, I was just kind of i you know part of me is like i'm just kind of jazzed that it was kind of cool to see someone that i know like playing drums hell yeah on jimmy kimmel with, hell yeah with, with nora jones right I was like and i was like he used to i saw that guy playing with my buddies like in uh, at a at a show in someone's apartment right. just for fun you know yeah. in lawrence for fun you know like where they oh yeah. we were playing four songs at this party and just like so i got atlantic city i got boulevardia and then war on drugs mm-hmm. playing grinders in june i'm so excited to see that man i have a uh, i have a war on drugs shirt nice but i'm not a uh i i'm not the, i'm not an anti i'm not a i'm not I don't have any negative feelings towards them. I just haven't listened to them a lot. My friend got me a shirt because he saw them at like he saw them at some show, and their shirt apparently they uh, members of the members of the band are really huge basketball fans. Oh, really? And so their War on Drugs shirt is an outline of like it's like the NBA logo, but like with someone jam- like cool. playing a guitar like cool. that. <laughs> and so he thought of me and gave me this. Shirt well, because- uh, if you ever feel inclined, uh, a deeper understanding is the record they put out. Maybe three years ago now, they they just put out a new one. I've only given it like two and a half, mm-hmm. two and three quarter listens. Um, their stuff before a deeper understanding is also pretty good, but that record, yeah, that's the one you would vouch for. Oh my god! Like uh, I was in this in the sort of snarky summation of them. I in my mind, I I always when someone says war and drugs, I always think of I always think of like uh, the indie rock Dire Straits. Is, is kind of like how, how I'm, if you're like, I'm, I, and that's, I, that's really, you know, pigeonholing or whatever, sure. but it, there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of that kind of like, uh, and I know you're a big Mark Knopfler fan. I remember that for some reason, right? Are you not? I I mean, maybe I'm misremembering. Um, I, I thought I, you were, I thought you were a Dire Straits fan. I, this, uh, self, this, the self-titled debut mm-hmm. is an incredible record. Yeah. Incredible. Um, but you, I, I never really dove into, you know, okay. albums two and three. I don't Bones know. I, and arms I, and... I, I mean, you couldn't escape a lot of it, right? Like... Well, so <laughs> I've just, um, unfortunately, uh, I, I've heard this my whole life. Like my mother, you know, they, they divorced when I was like four or five, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. And I, I just I would hear like how stubborn my father was, and then it was not very long after that that I started to hear her say that about me, and then that became you're just like your father, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and then you know, adolescence and adulthood, and if somebody's like, "Dude, you're stubborn," it's like, I'll punch you in the teeth, dude. Like you know. <laughs> and then at 47, it's like, 
oh god i am so stubborn i'm stubborn yeah <laughs> so so when i when i first branched out you know i i landed in the classic rock camp right and i stayed way 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 too long uh-huh. and now so many of those songs like really really upset me because i've heard them so many times yeah i i Sultans, I Sultans I, I of Swing, that. I still love. Yeah. Because it's really just, I mean, he's some, he's phenomenal. It's a pretty cool song. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to stick around and listen to I Want My MTV every time well, I hear yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's a good, that's an interesting topic, though, because I feel the same way, because I feel like there's, if, you know, I'm a friend of mine who's really super into music, I talk to all the time about it. He, I think he kind of used the term I'd never really quite thought about it like this way before but he was like using the term of sort of uh, as a as a rockist perspective someone that has a rockist perspective and my mind because and I realized that I do because when he said that I was like well doesn't everybody <laughs> you know what I mean that's what I grew up with that's what it was that's what was sort of king is like it's kind of like your dad's music yeah and, and then the th- and it's all guitar it's like guitar music yeah. essentially yeah and and while I like have a lot of love for a lot of that stuff, there is a there's a huge there's a huge thread of it that like those some of the, there, there's a huge thread of it of those songs that I could never hear again and I would be totally fine yeah. because I've heard yep. them yep. a majillion times. Now I do I do have to correct myself. Uh, you're right um, because around 2004, uh, he put out a record with Emmylou Harris. Mm-hmm. It's called I think it's called All the Road Running and it's really 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 good. Which made, I know he's like a really, res- I mean, he's like incredibly respected guitarist. Yeah, which made me, I think I grabbed two more mm-hmm. of his records, and and I liked those a lot too. Okay. So I was probably. But that's not what you're talking about, though. You're talking. I mean, like, that's that's two thousand ish or whatever solo. Mark Knopfler is not overplayed. No, you know what I mean. No, but, <laughs> like, but back went back. Yeah. We we could go to the cabinet. Yeah, behind the beneath the stairs. Yeah, and put CDs on and and hear them in the kitchen. You could, you oh, know, yeah. uh, remember that? Like, you could put you could put play something out front. Right, right. And you could play something out, out the back. restaurant. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then eventually, uh, it kind of got replaced because Julie, uh, whatever her maiden name was, she ended up marrying Keith. She she oh, worked yeah. she yeah. worked yeah. for like Muzak or whatever uh, it was, okay. and yeah, she yeah. was not into dudes at all. Yeah. And came in and like got the sale, and then all of a sudden, married Keith. Yeah. Well, and yeah, but um, anyway, uh, so where where were you born? I was born here. Okay, I'm in Kansas City. Okay, and grade school, North Kansas City. North. Uh, yeah, I went to. I'm from. Yeah, my parents still. I live. My parents still live in the same house that I lived. I no way. In, yeah, in uh, like. Uh, yeah, just uh, so I went to Winnetonka High School. Okay, I just had this like really, really weird flashback feeling, where, because you know, bio is part of the deal, <laughs> but I ju- and I didn't have it. I don't have it written down, but I just had this like like your brother, uh-huh. like had a whole thing where he was not around. Is that am I? No, you're not wrong. He okay. went to yeah. He was he was uh, in jail for ten years. Older, two years older than me. Yeah. Okay, dude, that is so. This I mean, this list. 
I'm like, there's no fucking way that he doesn't have an older brother. Like this what shit. What do you mean? <laughs> this shit is so fucking bananas to me. And so. What list? My, my music yes. list? Oh. Yes. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I kind of don't remember what is on exactly was on that list, but I, you know, my brother. Okay. <laughs> I like that you've been, oh, this is, you're very official. I appreciate that. Well, you? I mean. Um, but you know what? I, 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 I would agree with you to a, a to a point but my brother is not um in this in the sense that he's older than me and that he was like sort of interested in in music and movies and books and and, and was or wasn't is oh okay is was uh but music wise i would say not to the same degree that i am but i okay. do but, I, but when you're kids though it was like that that my brother that was interested in this, I was too, okay. and I think that it was that was sort of the, you know it put you on the path. But sure. I wouldn't. But my brother doesn't like, I, to to my knowledge, I don't think he puts on music to listen to recreationally. Okay, so so your folks are still together, mm-hmm. and are they good? Are they happy? Are they? Yeah, I mean, as far as I, I know. I mean, do you see? <laughs> but do you see moments where you know you're over for a meal or whatever, and they're cleaning up in the kitchen? And you're like, oh, they. She loves him, or he loves her, or, or yeah, they just kind of. They have an interesting relationship. I feel like it's you know it's it. it I feel like I'm sure you've your experience is different with your parents split up, but like, uh, but probably with your your parents and their stepdad, their their and your step parents. But like, you feel like you have a, like an interest. You have a more of a perspective on their relationship as you've you've after you've had a relationship yeah. and you've had responsibilities together and you've shared all this stuff and so some some stuff comes up now i feel like where i'm just like it feels different than it i feel differently about them because they're because now i'm an adult and they're an adult and i can separate the fact that that's like i don't know you know what i mean and i so i, I feel like i judge them differently um and so yeah i i, I mean it's it just becomes very it becomes very complicated sure um, but I would say that like my, as far as like the music and stuff is concerned, like my, my dad, like <laughs> you, you're, are you a Simpsons fan? Do you know the Simpsons? Well, I mean, I, I, I kind of checked out after high school. I mean, just, but I mean, so the, I, 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 I probably yes. about nine, 10 seasons for me and I'm, okay. and there's like fucking 50 now or right. whatever. But there's a, there's, I always think about but with music. So my dad was really into music but self-proclaimed specifically not an audiophile. Like, I feel like he's, I think there's a certain, like, I don't even know what that term exactly. means. I don't think he does either. <laughs> the, the, cool. Dad. <laughs> Did you text me that from your Blackberry? I know. Well, it just like, I just like, he was really into music, but he didn't, he, he there's, I think there's, you know, specifically didn't want to be, it wasn't a snob or it wasn't okay. like, or wasn't, wasn't like follow. It wasn't like a hip, thing it was it was it was he just followed his taste sure. that, that's that's what his his whole thing was so he he would gladly what, buy great states were they you know what i mean born in the 50s yeah 51 i think okay. i was born okay and uh my mom was like 55 something like that 55 oh i i've i i mean it's embarrassing like there's so many layers of hypocrisy in here yeah over the over time like you know for the all the all the years that i waved the anti-greatest hits flag and then like remember or still have 
like so many. Yeah, yeah. Because I was in, and then but you you come across somebody like Loverboy. I'm not gonna go buy all the Loverboy exactly. records. Fucking who cares? I mean, I just always weird when it's when when there's when, it, when it's certain bands and you start to get into music and you're like real like a teenager, early twenties, and you're real and you're real into it and like like there's certain bands that you're just like, no, Dad, but the one you want is. That's the record, not the fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. Uh, but who cares? I don't. I don't. I don't begrud- and, and, and with certain amount of perspective, I don't begrudge anyone what they care, what they, what they're into. I, I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of of the philosophy that um, there's no, there's no wrong reason for liking something. Sure. I think there can be a wrong reason for disliking something, but I feel like the, like if, if whatever brought you there, and if you actually get enjoyment out of it, who, more power to you. God bless. Yeah. Like. And I'm and I'm trying to be open to like new songs, music, whatever. And uh, anyway, so I kind of I do I would credit my dad with like having an eclectic taste along those lines because he he's definitely like a classic rock guy because that's you know he was born in 1951. You're going to be a classic yeah. rock guy, right? <laughs> like you're a you're a you're a white guy from the suburbs. You're going to be a classic. Wh- Winnetonka is standing out for some. Like, why would I know that name? Mm, I don't know. It's it's by. I mean, it's right. It's close to Worlds of Fun. Okay. <laughs> it's hmm. uh, it rhymes with Minnetonka, which is where <laughs> Prince slam with Apollonia. Right. With the, uh, but yeah, no, he. Uh, but he's 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 an army brat. He like grew up all over the place. He ended up being like. Uh, moved here for a job or whatever. So um, is he he playing music when you guys were kids no, in the he home? No, play at all. No, Just, oh, he oh listen to music. Yeah. yeah, he had a big record collection. Nice. And, stuff. and uh, what do you but, remember? Uh, so I remember. So my dad's favorite musical artist of all time is Ricky Nelson. You know who that is uh, like uh, the father to the the twin the after <laughs> yes. after the rain. The that's twins. how he's known. That's how he's known. But no, he, but, but like, he was like. Uh, he was Legit. like a 50s well he was a, he was the son of Ozzy and Harriet. Yep. And so he was like a he was a teen idol and then had a music career cuz he could sing. Mm-hmm. And it had hits as like a you know when whenever rock and roll got popular in the first place like in the 50 late the mid to late 50s. And so he had hits and you know all these studio r- singles and records and stuff and then went away because he there was a, and then he had a hit later in his career in the 70s with the song Garden Party. Okay. You know that song. It played on classic rock radio. Probably. Went to a garden party. Outstep Johnny be good. Oh Yoko yeah. Yoko brought a walrus. That was yeah. Yeah, that song. And it's kind of an autobiographical song about how it was, he played this this show that was all like these, uh, it was like a, it was supposed to be like a, you know, like a vintage, like a retro vintage sure. show. Play. Yeah. And he was, and everyone wanted him to play his old stuff and he, and, and they got mad when he didn't, that kind of thing, that kind of a yeah. thing. But then he ended up having a hit with this like meta song, whatever. Um so, but my dad likes his. He liked that song, but he also. But he was, he was a kid and loved Ricky Nelson, and I like some of the. I grew up thinking that Ricky Nelson was a big, was like a huge star, and he was in his day. But like people don't really know Ricky right, Nelson's right. songs, and so. But I know all of these Ricky Nelson. My dad used to listen to it quite a bit. So anyway, would you ever get to go? put vinyl on or eventually yeah i mean at some point i i remember the first old band that my brother and i liked which is i don't know i thought about this band a lot because they're kind of polarizing now but they were they were in a heyday when i was a kid 
and as sort of a retread uh was the doors oh so my dad had like multiple, I had a couple Doors albums. I th- the one he had was the so- was the Soft Parade, okay, which is a real weird one. It had a couple of hits on it. It had okay. um, Touch Me. Dun, 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 that come song. On, come <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so they were. In, so when I was a kid, I was starting to like really know what music was. I remember that my brother and I liking that because it was real weird. Dude, the too. Doors. I think the Doors were fantastic. Right. You know, uh, very underrated as a trio. I right? think they get. Uh, trio of instru- musicians, yeah, musicians yeah, yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and then, and then Val Kilmer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's amazing. I'm pretty <clears throat> sure they made that movie because there was someone that looked exactly like Jim Morrison that yeah. was a movie star. Because <laughs> he really does look a lot like. Um, and but they've kind of had like a, I feel like they've had sort of a they they had kind of like a, a resurgent apex whenever that movie was kind of out. Mm-hmm. And, and when the sixties were kind of cool, because whenever, when, you know, all the, the decade before, two decades before always kind of gets recycled. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I remember that being as, as a kid, like the sixties were really cool. Like when I was, when like alternative rock was also cool. Right. When like grunge was cool. Yeah. It was like, Oh, but Jimi Hendrix is cool. And the doors are cool. And you know, and, and that kind of stuff. And, um, but then I think there's, I feel like since then, the doors were really, have been really sort of uncool. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, but I kind of feel like in a, in a way that was like too much of an overcorrection. Like I understand it that there's a, maybe like a so it's corniness or something. I don't know. Robbie like, Krieger, Ray Manzarek. And then I can never. John Densmore. Look at you. I mean, I really like the, you know, if you can, I know, I know if you, you, not that you should or have to or mm-hmm. whatever, but if you can strip away mm-hmm. Jim Morrison and the vocals and, and some of their, I mean, even Riders on the Storm, dude, that is a really like well-crafted. Yeah, I don't hate it. Like I, I, feel I don't, like... I won't turn it. I don't drive around listening to FM exactly. radio, but I, I do love me some doors, man. I so mean, there's like uh, I feel like. I have the same pro- I have the same problem with them as I have with any of those classic rock bands. Is this those like three or four songs? I, I won't. Can, I can never, I'll I can, turn it if LA light, Woman comes on or Light My Fire or whatever. I right? like light, light My Fire. I've got the uh, you probably maybe were too young for this, but uh, I was a really big Family Ties fan. Oh yeah, and there was an episode <laughs> when Alex P. Keaton's best friend dies. Yeah, and it, the whole it was like this episode yeah very special episode well it's like nothing sitcom 80s sitcom had Mm. ever seen before because the whole episode is about him grieving and having Uh flashbacks and their their jam was uh fight my fire yeah and you know he's like yeah yeah. rocking out it was like really really i mean still to this day yeah um i mean it's a little long and repetitive and redundant but it's it's still i don't know i don't know No, I, 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 I got some, definitely some sort of nostalgic love for it. And I also don't think it's as bad as, I don't know. I just feel like there was like some, all, all this stuff. It's interesting how all this stuff sort of gets reevaluated every five years or something mm-hmm. or whatever. Usually it's usually around the time of like a, a, an anniversary or like a half an anniversary of some big album or big, or big event. And then they're like, they either reissue something or there's a new documentary about something. And so they're all of a sudden, like, I don't know, fill in the blank. Led Zeppelin is in the, is in the yeah. kind of 
is in the thought, you know, is in the zeitgeist. The zeitgeist, again. yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, use that cool word. Yeah, the, uh... your boy uh, Jingle introduced uh-huh. me to that, and I we we've never been able to just have like quality connection. And uh-huh. I remember an exchange where he used it either verbally or on fantasy football chat. And uh-huh. I was like, what? And it, it was just like, you're forever until you're, you're dead. You're an idiot. Cause you don't know what that word means. And I was like, I don't, I know other stuff. Like <laughs> I know plenty of other why? stuff. I don't, I know. Well, I mean, I, uh, maybe this, maybe this is a good opportunity for you, for you to have him uh, in here. Cause I feel like uh, he would, he could, he could, he can certainly talk and has a lot of opinions. Oh, for sure. Music. For sure. And, uh, no, he like started a, uh, uh a star Wars fan club on Facebook and, and like my kids went over, like he hosted it. Oh, my, right, right. my kids oh, with, went with over with Archer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. A couple times. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, he was like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And I was like, I'm going to, it was right when we were just, the three of us were just knee deep in everything. Star Wars all the time. Right. Right. And I was like, I'm going to, make myself vulnerable and say that I'd like to bring my kids and, and I could, I could, to- I totally, I almost expected him to be like, why don't you go fuck yourself? Uh, but he didn't. Really? And then he was like, and then part of the second time that there was like, they maybe both times they watched, like they played and then watched a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was nice. Cause like yeah. we, we there was no animosity. And well, why would there be? I mean, I it's all know. stupid shit, right? I mean, yeah. really when you think about it, it's like, People just miss each other sometimes. Yeah. You're in a weird place. He's in a weird place. That you you think? Yeah. I feel like it's all. It's well, all I also uh, not to dwell on this, but just you know, on a very very smaller scale, um, you know, uh, if somebody goes and tries to do something creative or or unique mm-hmm. or cool, like I and I know that person, even if I'm not really, yeah, I want to support. Yeah. Uh, like this dude I went to grade school with, uh, just, uh, he, he, so he just put, um, out his second or third documentary. Um, and it, it aired at War Parkway as part of Casey Film Fest last mm-hmm. week. And they sold out the first one and then had a second one. And, um, I was like, I find the subject matter somewhat interesting. Right. And there's like 63 things that I, could do with that tiny little bit of time right you know, otherwise but i'm going i'm going and I, cool. I just i just feel that way and and i feel like i've done that a few times and with him and whatever and gotten like you know you know nothing back really? and yeah and it's just maybe he's not even aware but right. it, it feels similar to the energy that used to exist between right. us back when and i don't know exactly um I, th- I think it was probably it probably is all rooted in like you know that cross the window snark or smack talk. Yeah, and, I feel and... like the uh, you know, and he's he's admitted to me before too that um, that he he'll he'll sometimes he has sort of a short lead not no that's the right word but like uh, fuse where, where, that he just like it's like one two and i'm cutting that person off yep you know yeah, what i mean that feels and he, yeah and he and it's like yeah i'm kind of i'm good or whatever and it's and i and as i'm different than him in that way i guess or i'm just like i don't know i feel like i've uh benefited a lot from meeting people more than halfway because <laughs> like just because i i mean you know like people have 
everyone's got their own shit. Yeah, and man. you and you get like and who knows on what any given day like what where is that where that coming from? It doesn't and it ninety nine percent of the time doesn't have anything to do with you. Right. And like and if you give if you put in a little bit of effort, you can actually not just gain a lot, but like I don't know, some pretty interesting people out there with some with everyone's got a different background yeah. and perspective and like you if you're just be like, no, fuck that guy. Yeah. And what good is that doing anyway? I, I mean, know. I don't know. Like, you know, well, I've seen, so like, you know, the relationship is or was whatever. And then, and so like he, whatever happened with Archer's mom and him and mm-hmm. then, and then Chicago and then Denver mm-hmm. and like on all of those levels, I want to like, you know, t- tell me like what, but, but I, I'm, I won't because I'm right, afraid right, that right. You know, just this, you know, and I, I don't want to have that. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. Um, no, and, and I feel like that he's. It, it's, it's amazing how much like a, a short, pleasant conversation can like alleviate. Heal a lot of wounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're. It's not. It's, it's a lot different too when it's like, like you know, when you have when you work with somebody or you're whatever, like. There, I guess there is the there is a, the negative side to having that sort of familiar familial thing with like the place right, you work at. Yeah. Like, well, fucking cousin Blair and his always and his like dumb the shower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, why can't uh you know anyway just yeah. just dumb stuff yeah. and everyone's young and stupid and I don't know like I I, I can't imagine that it's like a real thing anymore. Man. Just like, but it's one of those things that you just like. But you know to to to. To direct it back. No, to, no, no. We'll to, get, we'll get to okay, that. We'll okay, get to that. Okay. Uh, but I was going to say back when we were still talking about industry stuff, uh, one of the first people, uh, that have, can- all the people that have canceled have been restaurant industry people. Really? Uh, one of them, <laughs> one of them that, Except for Gherkin, uh, right? uh, what? Except for Gherkin, right? But he didn't cancel. Okay. Right. Okay. The, and, and all three, all three or four of them now, uh, when I, when I reached out, I was like, this is, this is, I mean, it's a, a big gamble to like, if you don't come, then I don't have an episode to drop. Right. You know? So, so it's like, I knew the risk and I took it anyway. This one kid, uh, like, uh, he cooked for in 2010, he cooked for me and he was like 19. Uh, I was a new dad, you know, mm-hmm. chef in this place in Lee summit. And, uh, I was like, he's like, okay. And he like picked a record and blah, blah, blah. And then like, within a few hours of time he he he's like yo i got called into work i was like okay um but whether whether or not he did i just i i i feel fairly confident that he's probably in that cycle of you go in and you close and then you party and then you probably sleep till three and you like if on a good day you got time to like you know shower and then be back there and right. probably, you know, ordering food for your first meal of the day. And just, and I, I just, I, I thought of that, of that and just mm-hmm. been like, thank fucking God. I don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. live that life anymore. Cause You're like, like the idea of carving to, of planning ahead, even to the extent of like, I'm going to go, I'm going to drive over to Brookside and talk to my, and talk to this guy who I like about bullshit about music for an hour and a half or whatever it is. Like it seems like a daunting task because yeah. I'm just trying to get myself ready to go to work. Right. That's it. Yeah. No, I remember that. Uh, like... Okay, so Ricky Nelson was dad's <laughs> dad's favorite, who who adores, 
Who else is getting played? And his uh, mom, does mom get to? So that well, I brought the Simpsons earlier is oh. because like there's a, there's uh, an episode of The Simpsons where Homer is like goes on tour with like Lollapalooza. Okay, as he gets he takes a cannon to the gut. <laughs> and I was like, he's a side should have the side yeah. thing, and he and so he's like cool to his kids and the, the kind of the whole theme of the show is about being cool and 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 then homer is like a classic rock guy and he's like and he i know what cool is and music music blah 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 and then but marge has this line that's kind of i don't know if it's throwaway but i just i it to me it like epitomizes what i think about my mom and her relationship to music as she goes and goes she goes I've always Marge goes. I've always thought music is none of my business. <laughs> and like, my mom has never said that, and she has a couple of people that she likes, but she never like. I'm putting this on. Right. I care. You know, I'm buying right. this album. I'm. I want to go see whoever. Like it's. It's like she had some things that she liked when she was a kid, and she still likes the diet. She likes the Supremes or whatever. Cool. And she likes some. She likes some. She likes some like carpenters or whatever but it's not a priority to her whatsoever okay and my dad had like he had a bunch of records does, and does he still have his collection no, he gave them to me oh and uh i sold some of them at one point okay and then, um are you, are you totally he's not fine? an audiophile remember right. so he was like happy to get cds and then oh. now he just like listens to it on his computer are you totally fine with the decision you made to sell some of those or do you wish you still had them? Uh, they weren't really worth anything. Some of them I wish I had just, just, just to have them. Right. But none of them were really worth anything. No, but I mean, they might be to you and you only. Right. But I mean, not the one, I mean, maybe a little bit, but I don't really think about it that way. Do I have you some go of them. out and buy vinyl now. I started to a little bit last in the last year. I bought a new record player. Okay. I had like an, I had basically my dad's old one forever and it kind of went crappy after yeah. I moved it a few times. It wasn't like a nice one. Right. Um, but I mean, it probably lasted 20 years. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. <laughs> um, and so I bought some new ones and I've gotten rid of some stuff and I kind of been curating it. The problem is, is that like, I don't really have a, gr- I, I have it set up in my living room, but like, try telling a five-year-old not to like bounce. Them. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And so it's like, I'll put on a, sometimes I'll listen to it when I'm by myself. So eight year old girl and five year old boy. Five year old boy. And what are their names? Evelyn and Ben. Evelyn and Ben. And you're, 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 you're not married. I am. You are married. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys met at McCoy's. Yeah, basically. And what does she do? She's a, uh, um, she works at, uh, KU Med and Research. She has a PhD in oh, wow. okay. microbiology and, okay. does, and works for, she's just got, uh, part of she's like faculty now okay um do you guys have uh so like the division of household responsibilities mm-hmm. and child rearing is it like super set or is it all kind of fluid and... it's pretty fluid and it's sort of changing it's morphing because she just got uh kind of kind of a big promotion like like she was she doesn't have any more work than she was doing but now it's more responsive now it's like a real thing she was basically you know they always say that you you, you, you basically do the job that you're going to get hired to do at some, you know what I mean? Right. Kind of thing. So she was right. like, had a lot of responsibility working her ass off and just basically was being underpaid mm-hmm. anyway. So, but yeah, it's, uh, um, it's all, it, I mean, it, it's never going to be, she, it's never going to be a hundred percent even, but it's going to be, it's, it's kind of ebbs yeah. and flows. Is you she know? Monday through Friday, nine to five? Uh, it's pretty, 
she works she can work she can set a lot of her own hours and stuff like that do so you she, guys wind up the four of you having good chunks of saturday and sunday together to do yeah stuff? she works on saturdays saturday mornings a lot so okay. she sets that aside time because okay. like she can be available to like pick up the kids more than i can because i have a more of a you know right office job yeah though it's a little bit it's become a lot more like gray area with working from home sure it's hybrid kind right of stuff so it's actually not too bad so i feel like it's in a good place with that stuff. But um, last thing before we get to your okay. stuff, I can I, I, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I, I need to, too. Okay, I need okay, to, too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> kindergarten recess. Was that the name of the band? <laughs> I like that you're, uh, you're remembering it's 30 minute recess. 30 minute recess. God damn yes. it. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's like kindergarten recess is totally appropriate too. It, 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 this was kind of Dan's, brainchild no, no it was a collective joke between dan and jimmy and i and so dan uh uh dan and jimmy who we worked with him of course right. who i met there. and mike yeah he was initially he, would, he had been gone he was he had but i we knew him through, through mccoy's yeah but it was jimmy and dan and i and it was we it was probably started as a joke at work where we were like we should cover shitty songs from the 90s on purpose it was okay. such it was an ironic cover band and, was and, the the, idea. and the people fucking ate it up man. but the but the thing is is that that when i what i've learned about what i learned about being friends with dan is that dan and god bless him and i, I would never have been in a band if it wasn't for dan dan will actually do your dumb idea he will like go Okay, we're gonna let's let's have practice, right? And he'll print off lyrics, yeah. and chords, yeah, and we'll learn it. And you're like, and then he'll book a show, and then all of a sudden, I'm like playing a fuck, I, 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 like, <laughs> oh shit, okay, okay, and then I and like, and, and, you know, you know, and and Jimmy secretly, I don't know, secretly, just super talented musician. Really? Well, like, was Dan on keys? They both are. And Jimmy, I was, I'm, I, you were bass, in every, right? In, in every band that I've, in every band that I've been in, which is not a lot, but probably like four or five. Really? Um, we can get into that later. But yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I was easily the worst. Not from your perspective. As far as a, as far as a technically proficient musician, I played the first show on bass at Jimmy's apartment mm-hmm. at a house party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The three of us, no drums. Right. Uh, on the E string, I learned by le- like legit by numbers. Like we learned ten songs, and I and I would have like and I had like a cheat sheet on on this fucking Goo Goo Doll song. You play third fret, fifth fret, seventh fret, fifth fret, third. You know that that kind yeah. of bit. But like, and I and I would always downplay it, and I, I would always like undercut whatever compliment. It was amazing how many like it was amazing to me that like. If playing alive in front of people when everyone's having fun and everything, you will just get compliments. Like people will think that you're good. Like and then I want to have your baby. Exactly. Right? exactly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Let, let me get a second you're string. Like, under. Like, just just being in front of people playing a live show or whatever. And then um, and I used to downplay it forever and stuff like that. And then I kind of would allow myself to under to to get to like actually take the compliment and actually understand that that not necessarily everyone would be able like yes i learned by numbers but you also have to have a field in order to play the song mm-hmm. with people and play and and in confidence to play in front of people right and, and then of course like having band practice every 
week for a number of years that I got better. Right. Of course I was going to, and then we started playing and then we were in different, we were, we were in a couple of different tribute bands where, where the actual bass lines and stuff like that were more, more intricate. And then, you know, now, and then I was in some, a couple of original projects and stuff like that. And so, but it, it was, uh, at first though, it was, it was a, it was a joke yeah. that all of a sudden became not a joke because like Dan booked us a show mm-hmm. and then Dan booked us like 50,000 shows mm-hmm. and, bo- and then basically burn us all. I mean, it's very Dan, it's very on brand for mm-hmm. <laughs> just like burning everyone out. <laughs> uh, but you know that, but when I go back to Jimmy though, like Jimmy and Dan could both sing and play guitar, sing and play keys. Jimmy played tr- trumpet like, and was like really good at it. Like he's like, I'll grab my trumpet when I'm home from Texas, when I'm back in Texas, he came back and he, and, like he brought it to practice and we like covered some mighty, mighty boss tone song, that big, the big one. Yeah. And just like busted out, like no problem whatsoever. And, and like, it's amazing what a live horn will do for a, like, a live performance. And you're just friend, like fifth. Friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I'm a real, pr- I'm really proud of that. I learned this fucking Bush baseline. Right. And, and, uh, glycerine. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, it was just, and, but like, you know, and I played, played with those guys in a couple of different contexts. And I was just like, the fact, I mean, I think playing guitar and singing at the same, just like, and they both can carry a tune and they both like could really sing and both could play really like good at keyboards and guitar and right. and could play everything really. Like yeah. Dan, like if you were a band practice, Dan could play drums. I think at the, at know. the, when that stuff was really, really taken off, I was, I was now in grad school. Yeah. So I was, that. I was doing like two kitchen shifts and then I was doing these expo shifts. Yeah. Yeah. But I still wanted to be like, professional yeah not like not like a manager in charge of people but i really wanted the i wanted that those expo shifts to be top notch yeah yeah. and it was like any second of downtime you guys would be huddled by that fridge where the dressings back up yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. and like talking about 30 minutes and i just wanted to be like would you Guys, shut the fuck up. <laughs> how I don't many, doubt it. How many languages do I have to say hands in, motherfucker? I, yeah, know, yeah, I know you yeah. don't want to go out to the patio again, but yeah, yeah. fish and chips is getting cold. Well, I mean that whole in, the whole industry is like wrangling cats, though, especially yeah. like in Westport. Like, well, that was that was the other thing, and then we'll take a quick break. Um, we were like, it felt very like we that place was cranking out food. For lunch oh, yeah. and dinner service, and then you had your slow nights for booze, but you had your busy nights for booze too, especially with the patio open. Yeah, and so we're all kind of in the underbelly, and all these customers, you mm-hmm. know, not not Westport regulars, but just regular folks, mm-hmm. they don't have any idea like what kind of lives we're living. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're doing it, and you know, for for years, and mm-hmm. then kind of towards the tail end of all of our that core of time the whole thing kind of blows up with reality TV mm-hmm. and everything looks so kind of glorified and dramatic and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and people are like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go into that business to make a living now. Cause I like what I see. Right, it's like right, all right. of us were just, we just needed jobs, you know? Yeah. It seemed we, like a fun way to like, make make and you got cash in hand well yeah on your end yeah yeah, you got yeah. My end for sure i uh, remember that being like that that was like but it attracts a certain sort of uh you know quasi gypsy culture yeah of yeah like transient like 
I'm going to school. I'm going to med school, so I need to make some extra cash this summer. So I'm going to try to pick up as many shifts as I can. I mean, there's so many people that that like as many people that were like horror people that worked there for years. There was so many more that were just like worked there for three months. Yep. Worked there while you know a couple of days a week while they also had another job where they did some other. Training. And there and there would yeah. be a couple of those people that would dip in and be really good. Yeah. Whether it's back wherever whatever it is, yeah. and then they're gone. You're like. Dude, I we need I'm, you. I'm, I'm like picturing faces. Though. Right. I'm picturing faces like, oh, what the hell is her name? I remember. Yeah. Like, I remember a couple yeah. people. I was like, let's do this. What happened to her? Yeah. So when these were these two walls were just beadboard. I couldn't. I, I had these up, but uh, it was not updated. Like I had to pull. Oh, I no. needed to add Super Bowl champion and Stanley Cup champion and uh, World Series champion. Um, I mean, I need to update it again now with the new Jayhawks one. Oh, but, yeah. But it was really tough to even get pennants in those. And I couldn't hang any real artwork. So now I'm pleased to have everything up. Oh, yeah. So, oh, so um, I really, I'm telling you, man, I just... Once I finally sat down with this list, I was like, this is so fucking wild. Like, <laughs> In what way? Well, uh, all, uh, so I many ways. I always felt there go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. Um, so we talked about this a little bit on a previous episode, but we just had the 30-year anniversary of Nevermind. Mm-hmm. And and this maybe you've seen it. This dude wrote, put out this article, and he was mm-hmm. like super close with Kurt. Okay. Um, it's fascinating. Um, and and it got shared in this group thread, and and the guy that shared it talked a lot about um, incesticide mm-hmm. and bleach were both records, right? Bleach was incesticide is a is like a compilation okay. of uh, odds and ends, sort of. I feel like that. I feel so. I, so I think what happened was, and I was like, I need to revisit that record, and I was like, I don't like this very much at all. Incesticide. Yeah, and so then um, I was like, now I'm questioning whether or not did I really like? Do I really like Nevermind that much? Right. So I kind of just went through it kind of quickly, and I was like, I liked it a lot when it came sure. out. I don't. I don't love it. I, I don't dislike it, mm-hmm. but I, I just it was weird. Um, but in, in utero, kind of always fit kind of right like i don't really like the incesticide stuff it's just not for me and nevermind was cool but now all these years later listening to it it's like in utero kind of fits more i, I don't know it jives more with me well, I, I like it a lot i got a real i got a lot of theories about this okay this is your, you asked the right person it's also it's in the top of my list for a reason it's not necessarily number one but it's one of the first ones that i when i when i jotted down the albums that i thought were in my head yeah let's my by albums. the way this dude tried to make a Top, would you say not top one hundred? Uh, top twenty, top twenty, fifteen, twenty, okay. something like that. And then you went back and re-listened to your list and and made cuts. Yeah, well, I went back and I was like, immediately, some of them were pretty immediate. Like, eh, it's it's great, but and I tried to really kind of develop my own criteria, and I didn't want to be too nostalgic, but I also I also realized when I was listening to it, the nostalgic nostalgia could not completely be separated from it. Yeah, I, there's no way for yeah. me. But like, I don't want to. I didn't want it to be too much of it part of the equation right because there are some things that i would be on my list if it was nostalgia but i also don't like it doesn't sound as good to my ears as it used to just like legitimately right like 
Couldn't have been a bigger Beastie Boys fan than me in high school. And now? I like them. I like Paul's Boutique. I was I just like, gonna say, when's the last time you listened to Paul's Boutique? I, it's great. Love it. It's like and it, and and I like I like some of those. I like the first four albums, and I like. Anyway, I like I love the Beastie Boys, but the, but there's not an album that's making my list. Okay. No. It just it would be it would be for an. Are you an In Sound from Way Out fan? Is that the, that's the instrumental Instru- one? Yeah. Not as much. I like I like the rapping. Yeah, uh, but you. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I was a huge fan back in the day. You were you ever uh, like a consistent pot smoker? Um, you're sending this link to my mom, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, she, I got her on Facetime actually. Actually, not until I worked in McCoy's. Okay. Because I because that like. I mean, I haven't gone back and listened to it start to finish, mm-hmm. but I mean, I, I can hear right now some of that. Well, I can definitely, you know, some of the just grooviest key tracks. Well, because a lot of those, because a lot of the songs were on Beastie Boys records, right? And they, they like, and they, I, they, I believe that it wasn't all original songs. For oh, I thought it was. I think because, but because check your head and and um, I think there's some because check your head and um, ill communication have had instrumental tracks on them. I believe that, that some of those ended up on that plus some original, like it okay, wasn't just okay. like full on. Well, it's, it's got a real groovy feel yeah, all yeah. the way through. Um, so I, that was like, anyway, so, but to, how do we talk about, uh, we're, we're talking uh, about in utero? You, you couldn't find a huge BC boys okay, fans yeah. in you so in high school. We were like, oh, uh, and I was like questioning. Like oh, the, my, my criteria for this nostalgia. Stuff. So yeah. my personal, personal criteria for this. So I didn't want to be too nostalgic and I didn't want to be too like heady about it either. You know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. it's like, and I didn't want to be like, I wanted to be honest that like, cause there's, there's things that like, you know, you've read lists, you've read, you've read, you've read, I've looked at lists. I've like read crit- criticisms or, or like heard stuff from my cool friend, college friends right. about like this. That, and I've definitely gotten hip to a lot of stuff from that. But ultimately, you know, you listen to it and you're like, it's not, it doesn't, it hits you or it doesn't. So right. I try to be honest yeah. about that yeah. stuff. And, uh, and so like, regardless of how cool it is or whatever. And, um, and so, but that was one of the first things, one of the first albums that comes on my list is in utero because, and I was, and I definitely listened to it when I was, when it was out, but I would, it wasn't until like probably seven years later. I want to say, I want to say it was in my twenties, like 2021. Yeah. And I, and I kind of listened to it again and a couple of things. One, never mind, kind of has the same problem that we were talking about earlier. Where like the first, basically four out of the first like five tracks are huge songs so it's kind of hard it's easier when if there's an album that has like songs that are overplayed on it it's easier when those songs are like deeper into the rotation of the of the album but when you start off with smells like teen spirit it's kind of hard to like get in that mind frame it's like i've fucking heard this song so many times yeah it's a great song undeniably great but i've heard it you know what i mean in euro starts off with like scentless apprentice not a song that like is like on the forefront of everyone's mind, right? And it's it's track three before you get a song that's even a hit, which is uh, Heart Shaped Box. Mm-hmm. But even that is not like a hit that's like overplayed. Mm-mm. Anyway, so that that was my that was my big take on that, and so I find it easier to to get into, and it's also they they like it's Nirvana specifically sought out a, a producer, dude, to for the for, Steve Albini, so. What's crazy to me with that con with that context 
you have you're a band that sold bajillion records you're the biggest you're basically the biggest band if not one of the two biggest bands like if when you take in when you take into account record sales and critical acclaim there wasn't anyone bigger than nirvana at their height right like pearl jams actually sold more records has always sold more records right but like <sighs> the critics always sort of liked nirvana a little bit more i would say i mean from what i remember anyway and so for their follow-up record to this biggest album they grab a they grab a guy based on the fact that he recorded the jesus lizard which is like this crazy drama like Dave the story I understand that Dave Grohl was really of this Jesus Lizard record and it was like they were and they were all listening to it and like will she get this guy to produce our record anyway so this well they they wanted it to be more abrasive right then never mind exactly because he's like they are a punk rock band right they're an alternative rock band and and so he he had this big inner conflict well documented this conflict of wanting to be successful but also wanting to be a, a real like indie underground not underground obviously but like he had he had a real problem with being super famous well yeah, internally he, and he was uh i saw a thing where he was um there was some form of encouragement for him to take a couple of song track credits and he was like no because then uh, yeah because then the relationship between the artist and the producer is like damaged he's a really interesting guy i listened that. to this i listened to an interview with him because in utero got uh whatever it was a 20 year anniversary when 2014 i want to say or 2013 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um he was on some podcast okay similar to this one <laughs> um and uh he uh he anyway he he kind of dispelled a lot of things dispelled a lot of myths surrounding it like the stories around it of course they're big because it's like a huge band and then that he killed himself and with a was, very small discography right yeah really i mean it's one of the things that's i know it's kind of dark to say but it's kind of great about nirvana is that there's not like they, they didn't continue to be a band for 15 years and have all these shitty albums right <laughs> you know yeah. i mean like you got like bleach Bleach, Nevermind, and In Utero, as far as studio albums, and you're out. And then their other ones are like, kind of, whether you want to call them albums is debatable. But like, um, but so that album, In Utero, is a pretty, is a, is a fairly audacious sounding, abrasive, like you said, record for the biggest band in the world to put out. And there's some hits on it. And from what I understand is that, is that basically, because there was, there was this sort of myth that, the studio made Nirvana do a to tone it down, and they brought in like the the producer from Nevermind to do some stuff, mm-hmm. and and uh, that dude was upset, right? The, right, Albini, Albini. Well, and the, so, but what he said is that in, in from listening to him, it he wasn't that upset because oh. he was like, I'm here to service this band, okay, and okay. and I'm and it's it, that's your deal. Right. Whatever you do is is up, I'm I'm helping you facilitate the record that we made. And he said that basically there were the the studio the the stu- the label or whatever made there was two songs that they wanted to be more polished for singles, and it was Heart Shaped Box and All Apologies. Yep. And those were the singles. Yep. And I mean, Rape Me was kind of a single. Right, but it was yeah they weren't gonna. They, I mean, they played it on Saturday Night Live, but they like, had to call it something else. Uh, wave me wave me yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh 
like we wouldn't know what yeah whatever <laughs> the uh but the rest of the record is actually as is as recorded okay. and whenever they redid whenever had that they had like the remastered thing the 20 year anniversary basically the only difference is is that you now had access to listen to the original uh versions of heart shape box and all apologies sure which to a non-discerning ear is kind of hard to tell yeah you're not honestly gonna, yeah. like it's it's for the fucking nerds or whatever <laughs> like yeah it still sounds pretty rough like it's not it, anyway so it's and i just feel like there's so many great album tracks on there and it's in such a so, so such cool songs and i and and i i just i i mean i like every album i like every track on it and i man i uh, usually when i'm going through a record i you know i'll, I'll make notes about tracks that speak to did me did you listen to all these uh not all the way okay. through okay. okay i tried okay i ran right. out of time hey, hey. I'm uh, impressed that you made the effort. <laughs> um, so I made I made notes okay. on one track. What's that? The one you mentioned, "Scentless Scentless Apprentice." Is that the first one? I think it's track two. Oh, the the that huge drum beat, or "Scentless Apprentice," or I can't remember which one's which. Either way, uh, the reason that why I made um, first of all five times platinum, and fifth sold fifteen million copies. I mean. Yeah, the world was like we like this record. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the follow up to a huge records always like. I mean, anyway. I mean, unless it's a sophomore slump, you know, or you, but you get a, you get album sales sure. based off of like. Um. So, like, uh, the screaming mm-hmm. in that song, I'm almost like I can't. I mean, it's yeah, like super super abrasive. He's got and a great it, scream on him. Well, and it. it it's it kind of appears in pockets like mm-hmm. you get song and then you get like this transition to that and then song and it's just like yeah 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 um uh, man um you know what it's written about the song yeah no it's written I'm bad about that stuff about though. uh perfume the story of a murderer Mm-hmm. A, a historical horror novel about a perfumer's apprentice who attempts to create the ultimate perfume by killing women and taking their scent. I read that and I was like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Whoa, that is heavy. Yeah. Well, he's a heavy, like, yeah, this thematically is always about like the, I mean, even, even in utero and, uh, yep. I know penny royalty is like something that's supposed to like kill the baby inside of you or whatever. Right. It's like a, yeah. Like, a so He's it's with that interesting story. that you mentioned. So you got heart shaped box rape me and all apologies, and then and on never mind you got smells like teen spirit come as you are and sort some something in the way was kind of a, a hit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a big smash single, but right. but for both you have this collection of songs and a collection of songs, and then you got three that are a lot more accessible to right. a wider audience than the others. I mean, total coincidence mm-hmm. or intentional that they both wound up sort of right. that. Well, that's interesting. I haven't thought about that. Like, but also, I mean, I feel like on the whole though, few and there's few and far between albums that have much more than three. Right. Right. Singles right. On it, right. Right. Like, there's like certain ones do for whatever reason, just so because you, they keep, you like every track, uh, Tourette's you like Tourette's. Oh yeah. 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 That's, fucking wild so i but i mean i think you have kind of a that's 
so that's why that's why something like that is on my list because it's to my taste like I, yeah you know what i mean like i i understand i'm if i'm trying to get someone to get into in, in utero the seed track i'm getting them to listen to depending on who i'm talking to is probably not going to be tourette's right you know what i mean like, <laughs> like that's the one that's yeah. like kind of sucks you in and you're like fuck that song and then like because like the song that always like jumps out at me that I really love from that album is Milk It, mm-hmm. and it because it's a real weird one, mm-hmm. and but it's I, I think intentionally was it, yeah. weird, you know, and it's badass, like it's and it's got this really like kind of anti guitar solo in it, yeah, and um, I don't know, and uh, but it, but you know like dude could also write a melody like nobody's business you know like so this is all like so fast like so fast like this whole like has to be so heavily big brother influenced kind (laughs) of feeling and then and then twice now you've said that your dad he's, he's not an audiophile right and this the way that this list feels to me is like drawing a blueprint that's kind of like off the beaten path and got this sort of like nebulous haze over it mm-hmm. where like, if you can see through, then you ha- you're presented with the opportunity to look at and listen to greatness. But it's kind of like going to the gorge. Yeah. It's a lot of work to get there and you right. got to question your comfort about 56 different times. Well, you know, I, th- that's, I mean, that's an, inter- that's a, that's a, I think like that's a really good observation because I never really thought about that. I, sometimes I have a hard time thinking about music that way because music is so immediate and accessible. And like, that to me, I always like argue with my kids. They're like, when they don't like a song, I'm like, but it's going to be over in two minutes. Like, who yeah. fucking cares? Do you, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean, you, like, you talk about accessible, um, Elvis Costello, uh-huh. uh, to me was always this those two words together it was like i don't like i don't get it <laughs> yeah. every, every once in a while i'll see something about him on mtv or i'll uh, like see his stuff on the shelf at the record excellent store transition, by the way. but i've never <laughs> nobody's ever put on elvis costello or i've never turned on the radio and heard elvis it's always just kind of like this weird yeah. so i had no idea what to expect and i was i thought you know I, I thought that, you know, he's been kind of just like smug and don't, I don't really care if you don't like me. And so I, right. I've just took that and thought that his music must be really fucking mediocre or below. Right. And immediately I'm like, well, this is fantastic. Like, yeah. this is really good stuff. So this year's model, yes. 1978. Um, that was on the, I was, that was the one I knew. There was a, there's only a few that I knew that were like, gonna make the first cut before i when i was writing everything down and that was one that's one that's an album i for whatever reason i don't like i'm not like an expert on the album or anything but how did you how did elvis costello land in your lap um because like probably like you he his name came up and he he had a box set at, at best buy and I asked for it for Christmas because like I Bullshit. was and I like I'd be, literally because I would do that I would like I would look at Rolling Stone magazine or Spin or whatever when I was a teenager, and I was interested in music and I was interested and I had a I gravitated towards like the all the you know the the upperclassmen that were like skaters or like alternative guys or like uh and quasi sometimes quasi intellectual you know what I mean because yeah. I feel like. 
Elvis Costello is not necessarily going to appeal to every skater kid, but you know what I mean? Cause he's pretty wordy and it's yeah. not like, and these, those first records are like, are, are, are pretty, are kind of kissing cousins to, to punk rock, but it's not like the sex pistols or something. You know what I mean? Well, one of the first things I read was, um, you know, so for this record he brought in, he like very mindfully brought in it's Elvis Costello and the attractions. Right. So he brings in these three dudes cause he awesome wants, you know, and, and I was like, Oh, I wonder what his stuff sounded like before. And then I started listening and I was like, actually, I don't care what his stuff sounded like before because these three dudes are fucking shredding. Like, yeah, it is, and, they're awesome. Dude. Um, so they were a last minute replacement for the sex pistols in on Saturday night live in 1977. Oh, I didn't know that. And, uh, so he's like, here's the, you, you can see that you, you, when you're the musical act, you get two cuts, right? right. He has that famous, like, cut this off yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he cut it off and then he got it pissed off Lorne Michaels so he got banned for like 13 yeah. years or yeah. 12 years and then he was back on again in 89 yeah. um this year's girl I was like is that is that Tom Petty like it sounds like Tom Petty singing for the Beatles and the Beach Boys kind of married together that song's great that's a great I like every song I really like every song on that album like it's I love the way it starts I love that it's so it's so few that first song um I don't want to miss you. Uh, I should know the name of it. I've had three Modellos now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're all. You need to mix in some water if you're driving back to the Joko. Uh, too. Yeah. Well, I'm driving mostly through Missouri. So there you go. Cool. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh no the every so i i just i really love every song and there's not like and that i think some of these songs some of these some like we were talking about before some of these things are helped out by the fact that there's not really they're like the biggest hit is like either radio radio or uh pump it up did mm-hmm. you know pump any it of up. the song pump no it up. no i knew i've never listened to elvis costello well you'd heard like pump it up maybe like it's it, it's in, it's prominently used in the movie pcu <laughs> okay never seen it um boom 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 yep. uh you know what it reminds me of that, that track wild wild west by the escape club <laughs> i could see that uh Really love the keys and the bass on the beat, and also the, the that, that's the longest track on the record at three forty eight. Yeah. Um, so he's an interesting guy in that. Like, I heard some of my friend was pointing out to me that he's like he was a guy that was a musician and a songwriter, and he just happened to be come out. He just happened to like sort of formulate at the time in England when punk was really big. And so that's kind of like the, the sort of the, the, the jacket that he wore to, for lack of a better term yeah. for a first couple albums. And then he has this long career out. He's had this, I mean, he has like 30 studio albums plus and wow. but he's a, but like where he's crooning or he's like doing all kinds of stuff, you know what huh. I mean? And it's, and these first three, which I gravitate towards because like for the same reason I like Tourette's like there's something about that uh immediacy that like energy about it that's like it's punky but it's not because some of the punk stuff like a little goes a long way for me because it doesn't it, the musicality of it is a little bit lacking for what for what I I mean I, I I can appreciate it and some some of it I like more than others but like and it's fascinating that you say that though because you kind of stayed for the for the bulk of this list you kind of stayed in that Hmm. family i mean punk post-punk yeah yeah i mean post-punk for sure um post-punk I'll, I'll 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 cop to that little triggers i loved lip service uh kind of a kind of a sort of surf rock feel to it oh yeah um, I can see that. 
uh, almost and I, almost every track is like a l- hidden little treat. Um, oh yeah, and and man, uh, somebody picked the White Album, um, and oh. so I was like, uh, how many? Like what 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 is the officially unofficial encyclopedia of double records? And so I just Googled it, and 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 it not not an article not a link just a just a top google result and it kicked out 44 and london calling was one of them and i was yeah. like get the fuck out of here for real yeah. and so i was like that's interesting i'm going to i'm i'm i've never never listened to the clash i have no idea i just knew that i didn't like them right. like, <laughs> like like the same way that yeah, scotty yeah, pippen yeah. was not yeah. you know, didn't contribute anything uh, well, and I'm not a class Scotty Pippen guy. So. I mean, uh, there's like a spy themed riff in Brand New Cadillac, which I was like, oh man, this is fucking yeah. super cool. Uh, Rudy can't fail. I was like, are they dissing ska? Is that is that the message here? Uh, I don't think so. I think they're, I think they're like in love with Jamaican music. I think. That, I mean, well, and and then a few tracks later, I'm like, this is a straight up ska song. So maybe yeah. they weren't. Uh, Revolution lo- Rock too, like yeah. Lost in the Supermarket. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, the record is all over the place while staying within this whatever their sound is. Yeah, because if I mean, you, you said you don't you don't really listen to Clash though. You didn't no, really know not at all. At like all. The, I knew the title track. I knew yeah, the title track. Call, yeah, and that I mean, I guess that's not the it's it's not like super overplayed, but it's like in the in the world of like alternative slash punk rock i mean right. it, might, it might as well be like born in the usa or something you know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> because i mean it, it has that feel to it too and like um it means a great song but it's a I w- in a way i wish it was like further down the list because it was because i've heard it a lot oh yeah but uh, I, I i i have a real soft spot for that album all that whole thing the is, guns of britain I mean, groovy, sinister, yeah. kind of yeah. just like what, what you know, uh, wrong, wrong them boys, uh, killer anthem, and the chord sheet. You mentioned revolution rock, just keeping things fresh, and then every kind of three, four, five, six tracks, you get a really nice fucking little horn section, you know, yeah. a little bit of just like it just felt like I, I really thought it was gonna, and not not knowing before that it was a double album, and knowing. London Calling. Mm-hmm. I was like, is it just twenty different versions of that fucking? You know, yeah, yeah. Not at all. No, they're very musical I, for a punk rock band. I mean, like, well, because that's what I was saying. If you, if you, the their first album, they're in the they're. I mean, they're you know of the of the British punk rock bands. I mean, it's basically like one, two, Sex Pistols, Clash, right? Like right. Clash is about as like early punk rock british punk rock as you can get mm-hmm. and the first album is it is very much like a punk rock it's very raw and there's not a lot of musicality not, you dig it i like it for sure uh, i want to listen to it uh just it would be interesting for you to listen to it after having listened to that right because this is like two albums later and they make a double album with like ska songs and fucking what what's like what, what like uh there's a i forget anyway oh anyway there's a lot of just different exploration and like and and you know and there's i like that there's like two singers it's mostly joe joe strummer's for on the most of it but then uh mick jones does yep. like he's he does he's the lost in the supermarket guy i love that song yeah yeah um and there's the song on the end it's like the like the 19th track 
might as well be a single. I mean, I think it was like it's. I see it pop up everyone's It's called Train in Vain. Okay. Say you stand bum, 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 by your man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, love love that band. Love that album. Um, Solid. So your list had 15 records on it. Yeah. Uh, two of them, I think it was only two. I was like, oh, I, I know those. I, I really don't even have to revisit them. Okay. I will. Which ones were those out of curiosity? In Utero and Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. Okay, yeah. I know you're a big Neil Young guy. Big. Yeah. Um, the, so mostly, mostly everything else is like first listen for awesome. me. Awesome. Uh, Wire, mm-hmm. Pink Flag might be my favorite. Really? That's, was, that's, that's so great. I was like, what the fuck is this? This yeah. is super super cool and no fucks given if you put out like four or five tracks that are like under a minute or 75 seconds because the message is delivered in those little um i mean the uh, what is it reuters with the opening track it's just like this thick gritty kind of just like whoa what what have i taken the lid off of yeah i mean i love like it might be my favorite. I don't know. Like I, 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 as I think in a way, like as as an album, if we're talking about as an album, because one of the things that it's going through this process, I realize that a lot of my favorite bands don't necessarily have a great album, or they don't have one that's in my favorite, but they have a lot of great songs yeah. and whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But like Pink Flag as a album, as a concept, as a like from start, it, it all it all hangs on itself. I mean, together so well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, fuck yeah! Like so I love that whole. Album. I ended up grabbing this quote from this reviewer. Okay. And then he appeared many albums down the line on your list again. Okay. And with a different, he's writing for a different outfit. Okay. And it was just fat. So his name's Ira Robbins. Okay. I don't know that name. Uh, he wrote for the, in, in 78. So pink flag came out in 77 In 78. He was writing for trouser press, which is probably the most British sounding. <laughs> no <shit>. uh, <laughs> he said that these 21 tracks are not songs. There's no easy structure or meter. There's no easy listening. I can't say this is an enjoyable album. Maybe it's just a stupid bit of rubbish, but you won't know unless you find out. Meaning, like, we can sit here and and take all these words and call it, but you got to go find out for yourself if what I'm saying means anything or matters. And I think it it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek way of saying, like, I like this record, but if you want it to have a, a letter grade or a stamp based on whatever our cookie cutter. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of out of, it's kind of, it kind of, def, it kind of defies the, yeah. uh, the format or whatever. Low down. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big ZZ top fan. It's kind of got like this rough, bold, ballsy ZZ top kind of yeah, riff so to cool. it. That's such a fucking good song. Uh, title track. Is that the perfect post punk or just plain punk anthem? <laughs> Strange has a great riff. Feeling called love, same deal, ass kicking yet chill tone, melody and vibe. Oh, I mean, that's so, such a good band. That's such a good album. I know that's what we talk about. I make a list of my favorite things, and you talk about them, and I'm like, yeah, that's so good. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I don't. On, I don't right? know what I'm the president of, but it's uh, I know, several it's like, things. It, this is like a elaborate. Uh, Chris Farley show. Yeah. You remember when you listened? Right. Remember the Beatles? It was awesome. <laughs> um, so I didn't make 
uh, okay, it wasn't too, that far down the line after all. I didn't really make any notes for My Bloody Valentine. Okay. Um, I did, I wrote something. I probably listened to this record 25 times and have never developed a relationship with any particular tracks or track names. They're just fleeting moments like the smashing pumpkin sounding opening vocals to the mm -hmm. record. Um, and it's all just kind of a mesh of audio blurs. And like, there's, you know, like a song that's got, wow, wow, wow. I mean, yeah. just, all, um, I didn't know they're Irish. Mm -hmm. Like that's so wild. You've listened to it. Before? I own that record because Jason Gherkin told me to buy it. Okay. And like, 2001 or something yeah 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 and i i remember i remember warring loving it too and i was like i mean it took me a long time whoa to get, to get justin yeah yeah are you do you is he still in your circle uh i don't see i mean i i've run into him a few times i saw him actually at uh keith's new place a few times brewery imperial yes and i i i when i see him it's always it's always great because i we we had a good relationship but cool we're not like homies I mean, we're friends on Facebook, and right? Like, right. I'm, and I see him, and I'm always like, "What's up, man? How's it going?" You know. Yeah. But I, uh, he was, uh, but he, I remember him being a. I remember because that album has such a reputation, dude, from people that are music fans or whatever. And I remember buying it because I bought a bunch of shit because it, things had a reputation, mm -hmm. and because that's what you did before streaming. Like, I didn't, I couldn't taste it, right? I couldn't test it or whatever. Right. I would just be like. I'll buy it used or something. Yeah, and I would buy it and I would like put it in and I'd be like, I don't get it, because <laughs> like it's it's not it's not it's not that you're dumb or whatever, but I also don't feel I feel like I I feel like I've learned over the years that music doesn't always hit you like, okay, I've been recommended this, I'm real interested in buying it, I'm gonna buy it, I'm gonna put it in my car on my way home, and I'm gonna love it. That's my expectation for it a lot of when, when I, back in the day. Yeah, and. When it, when you didn't immediately love it, it was kind of a bummer. Yeah, because you're like fuck. And then, but like what you're talking about before, like if you're persistent and you're willing to put in the effort, like, all right, let's get through it and let's like let's see if we can find. And then and then sometimes it would be like a track was used in a movie or a show right. or or I heard it at a party and my friend really liked this one particular song. And yeah, that song like really got me. I just need a way in sometimes and then I can enjoy the rest of it. Yep. And then, and then all of a sudden like these other tracks are now my favorite. Yeah. And it took me a long time for loveless and it had to like, and for that one, I had to like be in, I, a better mood. in a car and cranked fucking loud. And then it was like, and then I hit I hit a couple of tracks and I was just like, yes, mm -hmm. this this I want to I would love to hear that. I still haven't. I would love to hear that like on a serious sound system. Well, that's so you know what I mean. I moved back in two thousand and I bought my first stereo, mm -hmm. uh, five disc changer, record player, mm -hmm. dual cassette. It's it's on the other side of this wall, mm -hmm. um, and and I mean, I could and I'm living in a home, you know, so I. I was like, this is fucking out there. Yeah, wow. And I can't put words to why yeah. it is appealing to me on all these different emotional yeah, yeah. levels, but I love it. Yeah. Um, so did you, you, do you like it now? I mean, do you like Loveless? I, I loved it from the beginning. Oh, okay. You yeah. do love it. From, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Because, and it was a weird thing, because like Gherkin, you know, I was, when I was telling him, uh, you know, if you're working a middle or a close in the back, like Dave 
just constantly on the go. You know, yeah, McVicker, yeah. you'd see him, he'd bring racks back, you know, late in the evening, three or four mm-hmm. times. Uh, you know, Joel Pete kind of bouncing around, yeah, being yeah. social. But Gherkin seldom came out from behind the bar because yeah. he, he, whatever. Um, but we had, a, we had a couple of very fascinating exchanges early on in my employment mm-hmm. there. And eventually I found out he was in a band. And so a couple times we talked music. And I think he um, was like growing bored of this trying me trying to like square peg round hole this music thing and he was like dude go buy loveless my bloody valentine and kind of walked away yeah i was like i i I will and then i'm gonna come back and talk to you about it so hmm." yeah you know and jokes on you (laughs) (laughs) um they hired 19 studios different studios yeah i i I remember i I was like what the the, the rabbit hole of reading about it too and it's and it was like two hundred fifty thousand pounds which i don't know how many dollars that is but a lot of money uh shoegaze genre i was like huh that yeah. doesn't anyway. Uh, it's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, so, the subgenre of indie and alt rock, characterized by its ether- ethereal mixture of obscured vocals, guitar distortion, and effects, feedback, and overwhelming volume. Uh, and then we get an Ira Robbins quote again. Now he's writing for Rolling Stone, mm. so no more trouser press. Hey, moving up in the world. The record oozes a sonic balm that first <laughs> embraces and then softly pulverizes uh, the uh, the st- the stress of life. I was like, huh? Eh, kind of spot on. Okay, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know where to put that record in the world. Yeah, but on my shelf. That's the only place. I know where it goes. Yeah, it's it's pretty singular. Like I don't know. There's a lot that I mean. There's a lot. It's one of those things too, where it's if you're the first one to do it, sometimes it can be a little bit like in retrospect. Like it's not like shoegaze took over the world, so it's not like it's not like it's annoying because there's there's certain like albums or bands that kind of pioneer something, mm-hmm. and then they're hard to listen to because you've heard, you've only heard the imitators for like twenty years, and or the people that were influenced. But, and develop their own thing. Right, right. But like, and you're but, trying to figure out how did we get to the thing I like from this. Right, right. Uh, but like shoegaze, because this is garbage. <laughs> but shoegaze is not like something that's like so pervasive or so or, or, or was ever that popular right. that you would ever be like, oh man, I can't stand all this shoegaze right. in my head. <laughs> right, <laughs> whatever. Then do you want to grab that other one, or do you want this? Or I'm okay for now. You're okay. Yeah. All right. Just do what you got to do. I might eventually. All right. It's not, uh, it's, it's, it's not often I'm on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> First time. No, um, the, uh, any, anyway, I just like at a certain point, like it, it's, I would say that it's a relatively new one to my personal list, even though I've, I mean, I've, I've, I've known it for a while and I've listened to it for a while. It's, it's, uh, it's, but it's one that it's like, it's sort of undeniable to me. And, and when I, when I'm in the mood to enjoy that album, like I would say that it, it hits as hard as anything. It seldom you know lets I mean? you down. Yeah, you know, just like what the fuck. Mm-hmm. And it, it has hooks. There, there are. Yes. There is melody, but yeah. it's like I couldn't, I couldn't hum it to you. I just, I tried a minute ago and was embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
that was another little tidbit I always like about that album too, is that they're like, there was an issue with their drummer and they had just like, and they, because of the nature of the way they recorded it, that they had recorded him playing some, some uh, short bits. And he just kind of in, in the Kevin Shields, I think is his name. Kevin Shields is like the, my bloody Valentine guy, the, the, yeah. the artistic yeah. person, uh, just looped these small bits instead of having like a, having like a, a drummer playing like fills and whatever. And it actually, and it actually adds a quality to it that makes it kind of extra unique because it's not like, it doesn't sound like any other, it doesn't sound like another band because right. it's, he's just like, it's a live drum recording, but he's, he's just kind of using it to his needs. And sure. he, doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't need it. He didn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same trappings of somebody needing to play live. Right. Somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of an interesting, love that album. Anyway, um, it's on my list. <laughs> so we skipped from some 70 shit to 1990 with that one. And now we're going to skip to 1993 with enter the Wu-Tang, which I don't know where to begin to uh, like put words. Yeah. Uh, everything about them to me, like they, they just existed over here for mm-hmm. me for years. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally enough people. Yeah. And I was like, all right, fucking. Yeah. And I, I bought, I bought this record on cassette yeah. and I was like, I don't get it. And then I didn't ever revisit it again for years. Yeah. Um, until very recently, uh, what cream, uh, Cash, cash rules everything around me. Yeah, start and and like the hook, the dollar dollar bill. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, all right, now I I, I need to like educate myself a little bit about this outfit. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, I still, I feel like uh, I got held back in kindergarten three times, and all my friends are in fourth grade. Yeah, with yeah. Wu Tang Forever. I'm like, I'm still, I don't, you know, because yeah, so. You've got nine dudes. Do you know the reason for the name of the the album title? What nine times? Everybody, everybody's got four chambers in their heart. Nine okay. dudes, thirty six chambers. I didn't know that. Actually. I didn't either. I didn't okay. either. Um, but there, I like I, that you had to do the research though. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm happy to know that in this day and age, I don't think you should be using the R word because I didn't do uh, a peer study with funding and tests and you know i'm just just googling shit well i mean even that right um but there i read something about um uh they're in this super super tiny studio space for recording and they have uh not not the greatest equipment and not a whole lot of uh uh experience in, in recording and mixing and uh, so they, so they want at least for one track, uh, two of them were like pitted against each other and whoever like rap battled the best got their, got the track. their oh, yeah, that's cool. yeah. I didn't know that. Either. I mean, and we could talk for 15 minutes just about the credits on the track list. Cause it's like, you know, this one's RZA and Method Man and this one's, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like, holy so, shit, man. Can I tell you my experience with it? Please. Just like, uh. So, cause I, so I, I, I talked earlier about how like, I like the Beastie Boys and whatever. And I, and I, and I liked rap as a kid just because like, I feel like we're, I don't know about you, but I kind of felt like you're probably even earlier than me. So I'm, that, that's, that's actually an interesting topic. But for me anyway, there was a, 
I've kind of always felt like I was maybe the first uh, generation of white kids, anyway, that grew up where rap was pretty much popular my entire life. You know what I mean? Like, for the sure. time I remember sure. music being popular, rap was a part of it. I didn't get uh, my hands on it. My first one was Easy Does It. That was eighth grade or freshman right. before and I so had... You, you kind of remember when, like, it was kind of an underground And it was like, like yeah. do I put this in the... E- Am like, I allowed to do, do that? Yeah, do I, exactly. Do, yeah. <laughs> just next to the Eagles right here in my Easy classic rock, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but, and I, and I liked, and obviously, so there was easy, there was things that are easy, very accessible and easy to like, like MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice and all that stuff. Like I was a little kid and of course, like I like that. It's, it's super catchy pop yep. music. And, uh, and then I remember liking Dr. Dre yep. and fuck with Dre day. Yeah. And I remember being disappointed that it was so vulgar when I bought it, Cause I had heard the radio edit. Oh. And I remember being like, cause I was young and I was like, I don't think if I should be listening. And I don't know what he's talking about. It's so like kind of explicit, sexually explicit, and like mean, and like towards uh, Easy E and whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so, and then I kind of like ebbed and flowed with like what I I, I wouldn't had considered myself a rap fan for a long time, and then in high school I remember getting, I was kind of a rock guy for a long time, and then in high school getting into the Beastie Boys and then sort of they were very much my gateway into a lot of different kinds of music because they had a they had their hands in a lot of pots, right? And so like I liked Trap Called Quest because Q Tip was on it and Trap Called Quest was very close. I mean, I love Trap Called Quest. There's not an album that I would that me personally would be I feel like it would be disingenuous to put them on my list. Uh but the fucking best, right? Like if, to, if I'm making that list, I'm a De La guy. Stakes is high is on my list without love question. So I've been actually talking about De La Soul a lot recently, but the um, uh, <laughs> anyway. So the uh, but you know there's certain rap like I hadn't really. I like the Beastie Boys and I like some Tribal Quest and stuff, but I remember there's only a few times where I. This is gonna sound maybe kind of stupid, but like, I bought the album because somebody friends of mine liked them or whatever so i bought inner 36 chambers in high school f used at the used cd store mm-hmm. put it in and then i remember pretty quickly immediately thinking like this is for me i've been looking for this Nuh-uh. you know what i mean where just like there's something like very stripped down and I, I i didn't i couldn't have articulated that this way at the time but like that there was something about it that was just so immediately appealing to me. And then, like, especially when I got to, like, Method Man's song. And now isn't that's not one, of my, is, is not one of my favorite songs on the album. But at the time, like, that was, like, the one that really, like, that dude's voice is tailor-made for rapping. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where, like, that guy was built in a lab. His voice was built in a lab for rapping. Yeah. And it was, like... It is like gruff but yeah. funny and like yeah. engaging. It's gruff M-E-T-H-O-D, but smooth. H-O-D, yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> here I am. Here I am. The method and the and the beats are so like, and they're in in and then especially and then now with more context and like knowing a lot more about rap and the history of it and whatever. Fucking nobody sounds like the Wu Tang Clan. Wu Tang no. Clan is singular. Like RZA is the it, RZA is the genius behind right, it. Right, right. Like, well, he was the one that was. You know, you win the rap battle, you get the track. Right. Well, because he's the one. He's the he's the guy. He's yeah. the he's the one that's like created the sound, and and like those weird piano samples and mm-hmm. and like violin samples yep. and whatever. And then you're just like, 
what the fuck? Yeah. Like, and it's so different. It's so different. And I just, and, I, and honestly, probably over my list, like it's, pro- it's honestly probably like maybe lower on my list as an album. Okay. I just feel like, this is, I don't know. For me personally, there's not a ton of rap albums. I just don't think that rap as a genre doesn't have, it's, it's album oriented music is not like something that's like, it's really actually a, a relatively small window. Yeah. You know, when you yeah. think about it, yeah. it's not something that people have been thinking of as a concept. Like I'm going to put this album together and make it an album. I think it is one of the better ones, but it's not, but like rap country, pre pre like basically like late 60s rock people didn't really think about putting things together where track one has some sort of connection to track 12 right like they don't right. or like or sequencing them in a way that were like oh these ones go together you want to hear this one after this one and i think like, in the late 60s they yeah, were starting ex- to and exactly then the 70s was that was the heyday for that but like we grew up on the tail end of that or we grew up as like with a that is the legacy right and then now it's gone away from that again. And so it's kind of like, whether good or bad or whatever, I just feel like when you're thinking about them as an album, like I love a lot of rap music and a lot of, a lot of rappers, but so many of them, I'm not going to like the, the album. I don't care about, like, I just want to put together my favorite tracks of theirs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and and the the ones that the ones that we've mentioned have ones like De La Soul is great has great records. Yeah, Tribal Quest has great yep. records. Wu Tang has Wu Tang basically has this great record. They have like a handful. They've got four. There's or five. a bunch of great records from the first uh, run of Wu Tang where where they, where they because they all had solo albums basically off the, of this. Uh, yeah, and they're and they're great. There's yeah. so many of them. Some a lot of people would maybe even put some of them above Enter the Music Chambers. I just have like my nostalgia kicked in a little bit here sure. where I'm just like, well, this one's cool. This one is for me. I mean, I, I should, I, I didn't. And when I said everybody knows this nowhere and in utero, I left this out because it's, you kinda it, knew it. it, it, it I kind of knew it, but, right, right. but it didn't speak to me when I first owned it and it, it's still not super familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you have this weird thing where all these guys kind of go off and do their thing and then they, come back and there's another Wu-Tang record and there's another Wu-Tang record even further down the line and so I I wondered you know they are they are indisputably wildly beloved but is it are they as loved as they are as an entity because of who they were when this came out and what they did after or because of the music that they created and it sounds like you would say the music I mean, I think it always starts there. I mean, you, you. I mean, you probably have this experience as much as anybody. I mean, like the it being a fan of fish, like there's so much, so much of the, so much of that is about like the the culture of it, right? Like going to shows and and the lot and for a lot of people, I'm not saying for you, right? But like people that are real fans of the music are fans of the music. And yeah. that's how, that's what brought them to get there in the first place. Yeah. And I don't have like as much as I want to be part of like some of these subcultures or whatever. I feel pretty distant from it. And it ultimately comes back to like if somebody's a great live act, that's great. But how often am I actually going to see them? Live? Right. Pretty. It, it's a record that I want to listen to. Right. And, and this is what I tried to base my list on. Yeah. I was like, do will I listen to this again? Absolutely. And do I? Does it? 
do something for me now? Yes, it does. And, uh, I don't know. So like I, and, and that mixed with my own personal history with it slash that where I'm at now as a 40 year old person. And that's kind of how I think about it. So, I mean, you literally look exactly the same that you did like the day I met <laughs> well, you. I, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I don't think so, but okay. I mean, right. if somebody held up a picture, you would sort of like, you know, shunning those comments from your live music yeah. playing, you would probably try to find something to be like, see, but I, I swear you look, when I opened the door, I was like, Get the fuck out of you fucking seriously. Right. Well, um, so we talked, uh, upstairs before we started recording and then a little bit, uh, once we did about like this silly, you know, whatever urge or desire to like argue about stuff. I know. Cause I, I remember this, we had this, we had this conversation and, before. uh, this is one that I am standing my ground from 18 years ago. Uh, and, and, and the, the, the two sides of the fence were from your perspective, thumbs down Tupac, thumbs up Biggie. And I am, I was the reverse and steadfastly remained the reverse, especially. And when I, when I was engaging with you, like I knew all of Tupac's and I hardly knew any of Biggie. Mm -hmm. Now I've listened to ready to die. And I I know he put out other albums. He did other Mm -hmm. things, but I still stand firm uh, in that the body of work that I know from Tupac is like, they're not, you're talking like, um, like Biggie's a September call up, uh, in a, in a season where you're not making the playoffs for, you know, in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I, I went through, um, and so let's tell me about Biggie. Like how did, how did he land in your lap? How did you, I mean, yeah, I didn't like him. I didn't like a lot of that rap at all when I was when it came out I didn't like Biggie really okay like, I mean I didn't dislike him I just like it was I really had a disdain not disdain that's eh, a strong word but like like Puff Daddy was kind of a, a joke to me like he was just always like dancing and he didn't seem like he was like the first rapper that I really remember that was like really popular that was like like the whole thing was about like not caring at all like, <laughs> you know with Puffy yeah. I'm, I'm not talking yeah. about Biggie <laughs> And, uh, and so I didn't really have much of an opinion on him. And then there was just certain tracks that kind of got me. I was, Oh, I like big, I like Biggie's voice. I like to me, like he's, he's kind of, he's like method man to me where where he's like, that voice is like what I think like is like tailor made for rapping. Like I, this is going to sound really stupid, but I like part of what the one of the qual, the quality that I like in his voice is that he is that you can tell from his the way he sounds that he's fat. <laughs> I know that's stupid. You can. But he, he, agreed. Agreed. Who the fuck is this? Yeah. Like he and and like I want to say I I want to take our argument about Tupac and Biggie aside because I don't feel like it's I think they always get like smashed together sure. and so it's Yeah, very, yeah. And it's I, kind of I, like, I don't have any intention of trying okay, to revive okay, it. Okay, but it it's like a it's like a Beatles and Stones thing. Like they're not opposed. You most people, I feel like you should have your your heart should be open to both of them, right? And um, like it does, they're not in competition with each other, right? I don't. I actually listened to Tupac today. 
like today 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 okay because i i i've recalled this about our, our our argument and 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 i've had this conversation with my friend who's a, who i work with is a big rap fan and i just and there's there's certain tupac songs that i like but i was I listening to some of it today and i what'd you listen to I listened to the first part. I listened to some of All Eyes on Me, okay. and I listened to some of uh, uh, Me Against the World. Okay. And I <laughs> I find him a little bit... I know I, know I said this wasn't about <laughs> Tupac, but this, I find him a little bit... A little bit too serious, and a little bit... And, and, and it, some of his flow to me is a little bit boring. Okay. And... I know, and and I like, and there's just so many, there's just so many songs I'm ready to die that like, that I really like. And then a new one will, and the new ones seem to keep grabbing me where I'm like, I'm kind of done. I've listened to this song enough and whatever. And then like, so my new song is, is that like one of my favorite rap songs ever is unbelievable. That beat is just so good. And it's so, it's so good with his voice. And, um, and I just, I just, it's one of those things where it's like, I think with, there's something about it with like with a band let's say you could love a band you could think you could really respect a band but ultimately it's the front man or front woman that is gonna like kind of sell you on it or not okay like i could i i under i understand that flea and john frusciante and chad smith are great musicians but like at the end of the day, when when Anthony Kiedis is scatting at me, I'm out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm just like I'm. That's not for me. I'm. I, I couldn't agree more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I can respect him. Like there's take not, a hike, bozo. Exactly. <laughs> Come on, Keeds, get out. Yeah, Keeds. Uh, and like, and I like some songs. Okay, but whatever. That's that. They're aside. But so with rap, it's even more immediate. Where it's like you're kind of in on that person because yeah. it's them. Yep. And it's very, that's what's one of the great things and about so, it is like it's, yeah I mean so like from where I stand like I don't think I could find a track that I dislike from All Eyes on Me and I when I listen to this uh, Big Papa is really the only one I like and I only and I kind of don't like it that much because it feels very so blatantly sample heavy like for for whatever reason I arrived at this piece of knowledge where he's just kind of like puffed at just sample 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 and hardly doing anything original and i've never seen this before there's two tracks uh on this record where in the streaming platform it says in parentheses with sample by such and such artists removed i was like what because like one of them is parliament like i was like since when is parliament Mm-hmm. Do, 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 has everybody that sampled Parliament gone through the appropriate channels and done all the right royalty things, no, no, no. and he didn't? Like, I don't get that. that. Seems weird. Yeah, it was weird. Um, but I was just like, can't wait to be done listening to this record because it is doing nothing for me. And really, there's only like one song I don't like on it that's like the kind of like hokey, sexually explicit, <laughs> like call it like what, but. I yeah. feel like most rap albums have that. Yeah, show, yeah, to they me. do. They do. And like, but I, and I got two tracks into All Eyes on Me, and I was like, this fucking dorky <laughs> Nate Dog hook, like, like about this hoe was in this video. Yeah, and she was in yeah. my boy Warren G. I was yeah. like, God, this fucking anyway. But Ambitious is Riders. I mean, that's that song's awesome. I'm not gonna. I can't deny that. Anyway, but um, 
this is where we diverge. Yeah. So we're, we're so, fine there. So we went 90, 93, 94, and now we're going back. And I had never heard of this uh, artist before, but from 1985, Prefab Sprouts, Steve McQueen. Or Two Wheels Good, whichever you want to call it. Oh, because they, they, they had a second name just in case there was... To release in the United States, they had to call it Two Wheels Good because like there was some... They didn't want to... They were like, afraid... I think... I don't know yeah. exactly the full story, but I think they didn't want to like pay whatever cost of this like album that probably wasn't going to do very good in the United States anyway <laughs> to release it and call it Two Wheels Good. So they called it Two Wheels Good. Yeah. Fair and Young. Pretty tight opener. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, I can't even... Is it Bonnie? I can't even read my writing. Cool, Bonnie. Cool, yeah, I think cool guitar Bonnie. rift. Good Night, Lucille, number one. Cool guitar work. Moving the River, guitar and a, some dose of funk kind of mm-hmm. feel to it. And then my conclusion was this record feels like post-punk and 80s pop had a baby. Yeah, I think they were, would be probably on the... Uh, probably... I don't know. I, I remember... So this... I should back it all up because this is not this is a band that a friend of mine got into and we just listened to a lot and then At it's what one of those age? things that I had to kind of uh, in my 20s we okay. were in a band together it was after 30 minute recess and stuff I was like in some bands with friends and playing bass playing bass you and still I play, play? Uh, yeah I've been playing guitar I play guitar more recently and because uh, we have a younger guy playing bass <laughs> um, but uh so it's not a. It's sort of a band that I wouldn't. I don't know that I would have arrived to on my own necessarily, because they're. Right. I mean, it's pretty. I'm sort of. Uh, I guess I would. Be, I, I would say that I'm pretty selective of who I would. Let know that I like this band. I. I <laughs> Do you know what I that mean? A hundred percent had that feeling like. Yeah, like, it's there because. So my, my friend, my friend who who kind of hit me to them was saying that he was like that the song he was kind of saying like you know the songs are there. This is there this is a great song. These are great. This is a great songwriter. There's a certain there's a certain element of that era of production that is if it if it was a di- if they had used something different if it wasn't like the sort of slick '80s pop sort of thing mm-hmm. that you would you might not have. There's that there's that reaction because I put them on at at home before when like my wife had her friends over or whatever, and then inevitably someone will be like, "What is this?" <laughs> most of the time, people don't mention music. Right, like, you're just right. like, "Oh, this is kind of chill, yeah. whatever," and they're like, yeah. "What are you fucking listening mm-hmm. to?" Uh, and to me, that is an indicator that it's good. <laughs> it, it's it's unique for yeah, sure. It got got the ear. And, and that album and, and, and there's they have other good stuff and good songs and I, I'm and I think it would probably be if you're you know get into the genres or whatever what you want to place it it is in the aftermath of punk and post-punk or whatever and maybe would get put into the new romantic category because it's like like um oh who like Dexy's Midnight Runners and stuff like that but like I know they were one hit wonder here, but they had a big career in sure. the UK. And uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Like, like the Smiths would probably be kind of similar in the same vein. Yeah. Which I almost put something on there. Oh, man. Thank you for not. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Th- I'm kidding. I've never, no. I've just, again, had this opinion. Yeah, yeah. Never no, actually done the work. Now I want to make a second list for you. But you you talk about that, like, the production element. And it's like, when I listen to that, I think that, that, 
there was a board and no knobs were turned and no slides were they just pushed a 1985 button and then hit record and that's the sound that came you know what i mean like yeah i understand very that. era specific it's very production slick. feel to it and yeah it's very slick and i i one of the one of the terms i heard when i was reading about when i had read about them before it was like that they called it like british uh or like english um sophistopop fascinating like sophisticated pop music you okay know what I mean? and i feel like that's a that's like the it's a thing that can only exist it's very british like trouser whatever <laughs> trouser press yeah exactly trouser press we're like I, and that's one of the things i really like i really you notice that there's probably a, i think there's a pretty decent amount of british things uh like i mean I think the needle is pushed to 50 yeah. percent and i i don't i haven't really um delved in too much as to why but i do i there's something i mean i think i do think there's something appealing about it being like half a step removed you know what i mean that, i mean that, that like that you it doesn't have the same effect on me as if it was like the, an american band and there i would just be like dude you're fucking corny yeah but like somehow like what are you some, grand some... funk railroad side project get <laughs> out of here <laughs> exactly and i i just kind of feel like um that what i respect what i really like and i kind of envious about the british of is that they have this reverence for a well-written tune, you know what I mean? Or and that and, and they take it, they take that, they take that seriously enough that it doesn't matter that it's like they don't, they don't put such a premium on like, you know, machismo, aggressive rock. They have that too, of course. Sure. But like, they're willing, they're willing, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll enter, they'll entertain your, uh, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, what's, what's the word I'm trying to look for? They'll, um, they'll give you, they'll give you the time of day to be like a pop, a, a, a proper pop band. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, 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 and they take, they, a, take a little bit of pride in it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not, and here, I mean, we're, we're in the middle of America. Like there's something there's always a premium put on like shit that fucking rocks. Yeah. And, it, and to me, that's what's what I like about prefab sprout or the Smiths or something like that, that they are a guitar band. They're like, especially the Smiths, they are a guitar band, like a great guitar player and a, an incredible guitar player, but it's not like, but they take the fucking dumb shit out of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like, we've had, we've had years and years of, of, of shit that kicks ass like maybe we should try something else. Right. And so I, I don't know that. And, and I, and I just like every, I like every song on that Steve McQueen album. Like it's That's cool. It's, I, it's, it was a treat. I was like, this I'm is, I'm glad you liked it. I mean, I, I, I swear to God, I was like, I wonder, uh, if like all of the people that Adam knows that he would engage in conversations with music, if he would tell a hundred percent of them. <laughs> and, and I'm not I, afraid, I'm not embarrassed to buy it. And I was, I was glad that you included it. I mean, it felt, uh, it, uh, like most of this stuff, it was something that was new to me, and it also felt like it fit with your sort of. That's anyway, here's my suggestion: let's <laughs> okay. let's get th- let's get through nine and ten, okay. and and quick break, and then we'll wrap with the final five. Is that... Sounds good. Okay, Sounds great. So uh, everybody knows this is nowhere. Neil Young, Crazy Horse, 1969. I all, the only notes I have uh, down by the river, you know, and in, in, in especially if you look at your list of fifteen albums, many, many, many of the songs, uh, if you 
list all the songs on all your 15 albums, mm-hmm. a lot of them are clocking in in the two to four minute range. 1969, you got Down by the River clocking at 926 and Cowgirl in the Sand at 1006. You, you you just said we've had we it's got a rock you know and mm-hmm. I know it's we're, we're not talking American per se but it's American but, but yeah I mean North America this this those two tracks for me, and I, I I love the whole album I've listened to it start to finish more times than I could count mm-hmm. but those two tracks are like the blueprint for what fucking rocks in that yeah. vein that you were just talking mm-hmm. about. Um, how much of a Neil fan are you, and how did this record make your list? Um, I am a late-to-the-game Neil fan. I was never... Uh, he was always around, because uh, you know you listen to classic rock, yeah. you're going to hear some, right? Yeah. And then, I, so I think I bought uh, Harvest at some point when I was going through the list of the greatest albums, and I bought Harvest, and I, of course, every song on there is really good. It's... It's great. I just it's a uh, great out out on the weekend, out on God. the weekend. God damn, dude. That I mean, and even the even even the songs that are overplayed on that, I could listen to. Cause, I mean, like, I don't. Just, I'm not turning it if Heart of Gold comes on. Hell no, Heart of Gold is a crazy old man's a great song. Yeah. Like that's that's what I'm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Both but both of those are yeah. are played a lot. Yeah. Like, um, and then I don't know. I remember. I remember. I was actually probably at Grunauer and a buddy of mine was a huge the guy that worked there was a huge Neil Young fan and we were just talking about it. and I always liked him and uh he's unique he's in he's his, he's his own thing like as much as he's like country rock or whatever you want to call him like you know there's a, there's a lane within that that's his own thing and I remember getting that listening to that album really liking it and then going back to it going back to it and then I, whenever I go back to it I'm always like oh yeah I like all these songs I like that I love I love that country song um, um, the title track is in fucking credible what a what a great like to me it's like never heard anybody play the guitar like there was a I mean like 11 or 12 years ago um, I'm pretty sure it was on Facebook maybe MySpace. I don't, but, but Jimmy, your boy, Jimmy. Oh yeah. He loves, uh, like was trying to come up. You just mentioned Anthony Kita scatting. He was trying to put to words that guitar. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I think I got it. And I was like, I, I nailed that down in like 1992, man. I mean, you know, and I was like, here's how, and he was like, no, that's not it. I'm like, okay. I mean, um, not on this track, on this record, and I, I thought for some reason it was. Um, are you familiar with the track "Powderfinger"? Yes. Okay. Love that. I okay. Love that song. I know it from the uh, uh, what is it called? Rust never sleeps. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, uh, 2016. I think it was 2016. Uh, Fish. Sorry. Fish uh, did what they called the Baker's Dozen, mm-hmm. and they played 13 straight nights at Madison Square Garden, and 267 songs, no repeats. Each night was donut-themed. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, we went and saw two nights, and you, you didn't know really until the day of. There's some famous donut 
from Philly and they, they literally were handing out these donuts from this place. So, um, the first night that we went to wound up being jam filled. So they just fucking jammed more than they usually do. And, and, um, I literally thought, uh, I said this on a previous episode, but one of the highlights of my live music career, um, I think it was in the middle of, I can't remember if it was set one or set two, but, but the energy was like intentionally each song was like more and more intense. Mm -hmm. And right when you thought things couldn't get any crazier, they went into a cover of 1999 by Prince. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the place went, they've covered it plenty of times before, but they just cried. It was so fucking fun. I I teared up. I mean, I got goosebumps just now. So like the next night, I was like, I mean, how are they gonna top? That? Yeah, 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 well, it ended up being powdered, so it was all snow and white, and I think I think they opened second set with a cover of Powder Fiend. I was like, get the fuck out of here! I mean, it was some that of that song is so good, and and I don't I don't there's a there's so like sixties seventies, and then some of the more recent Neil stuff. There's a window where I I don't have knowledge of the stuff he was putting out, but the stuff that he was putting out, uh, he put out two or three albums, two albums for sure in a row in the nineties, um, that just fucking blew my mind. Um, and, um, I'm drawing a blank on the names. I'll have to text them to you because I can't think of them right now, but I remember there was the one that was, uh, kind of a big night early sleeps with angels um wasn't there isn't there something called harvest moon well that's eight that's uh, that's 89 that's i mean right when uh close to when he did his unplugged album unplugged was really blown i think harvest moon was 80 that record does not have a bad track on it It is so fucking good similar to ready to just kidding. <laughs> um, I feel like I need to take a shower after hearing that. But um, if you'd never have sat down with Harvest Moon, mm-hmm. alone, like you know, loud vol and just really like got. I mean, it's it's really, really, really remarkable. All right. Um, but I'm re- I was so happy this record was on your list. Yeah, I don't know why. I think the mixture of the I like those the big long epic songs really work mixed in with like because I, I i really love that i love the title track and i really love the um that straight up kind of fun country song i'm drawing a blank on what yeah. it's called um uh, i just had it let me, let me I'll, I'll conjure it it is uh i think i want to go back home it's cool and yeah uh, yeah yeah, everybody knows Cowgirl in the Sand, The Losing End. The Losing End. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry. That's okay. You're good. Have you ever seen uh, Farm Aid? Uh, you, the, uh, I know you, that was a... It, was that it, a it was a, a fund, festival, right? Yeah, it was a fundraiser for farmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how many years it lasted, but uh, it, it's on YouTube. Um, Fish was there. Mm-hmm. in 89 or 90 mm-hmm. and they did one of their own tunes and, and Neil comes out and jams the jam with them mm-hmm. and then they do uh, uh, Down by the River and they 
I mean, they like I thought they were going to light the place on fire. Like, and I could. It's hard, hard to tell who's more into it. Yeah, Trey yeah. or or Neil. Yeah. Uh, re, re, and it gets it. There's a patch where it gets kind of distorted and out yeah. there, and they but they bring it back around. It's and they're so young. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I I could be off on that, but it's 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 like. 16 minutes yeah and, you know and like i said it gets out there for a bit but did you uh have you ever i know this is sort of off but you just reminded me there's a uh built a spill does a really good neil young really of um cortez the killer Ooh. and it's it's like a whatever their take on it you know it's it's pretty cool i'll have to send it i'll have to send you a link or something because they're the best cover i've ever seen and i've watched it like a hundred times mm-hmm. was at a show a show i didn't even an award show that i didn't even know existed called the jammies okay and grace potter she grace potter and the nocturnals i think was her band um but she is on keys um God, it's an all-star lineup. Um, Satriani uh-huh. plays the lead. Um, there's a, uh, there's a dude playing trumpet. Uh, there's a uh, dude named Reed something on the bass. Uh, the, I mean, everybody's from a different outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but they come together and they they're that's they're they're only on stage for that song. And they I, I don't know if this was intentional because they had to keep it to a a time mm-hmm. or, or, or an accident, but they cut out one of the verses of Cortez, but it is so incredible. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, so again, lots of skipping. We went from this nineties run to 85 and then we but dipped you back. Went to, did you, do you skip some modern lovers? Wait, what? You yeah. went from Steve McQueen to everybody knows there was a modern lovers in there. It's okay. We don't have to talk about it. I don't like it. It's whatever you want to do. Huh. Did you listen to that? Who is it by? The Modern Lovers. What's the record called? Self-titled. I must have skipped it on accident. So it was 16 and I only did 15. No, is it? Hold on. Yeah, it's 16. Okay. All right. I'm, You're fine. My bad. But <laughs> there, I gave you 16 albums. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. It's a good album. Um, I got to write. Well, it's, it's in the text thread, but Modern Lovers. Okay. Um, so we go from 69, Everybody Knows It's Nowhere, Neil Young, Crazy Horse, to Unknown Pleasures, Joy Division, mm-hmm. 79. Yeah. Um, wild i was like you ever listened to it no no you know the name right? i knew the name yeah, yeah. and it was like i don't think that i like them so i never listened right, to it right, right but day day at the at the lords it's like cryptic underworld feel to it um the, the same with new dawn fades just like this you know uh i said later uh in shadow play some kind of dark lord of the rings slash immigrant song kind of feel to it mm-hmm. like just you know uh, are they uh, this is kind of back to this like putting putting together a proper song and not having this you know checklist of things that you had just hey this is the thing that we're doing right here and this is the feel we're going for and we're gonna yeah, nail it it's very singular. I feel like there's not a lot that sounds like it. I mean, I mean, there's stuff since then for sure, but like, uh, 
there's i mean and this that, that, that album has such a reputation I, I it's one of those things where i kind of felt like almost not 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 weird but like it, it almost felt a little bit um i don't know like I felt di- almost disingenuous putting it on there because like I I don't know th- I don't know that because I don't know that record the way some people do like where oh. it's like it's like because it, it's a big fucking deal okay right? it's like, yeah in that I mean, in that world of yeah. post punk and whatever yeah. like it's that that uh, the album cover is iconic what they did was iconic but it, it's but at the same time it's this weird thing where it's like this it is it is super iconic it's super a big album. But it's not like anything. It's not. It's, those aren't songs that, that like that you're you're ever gonna. That that to me is what's cool about finding stuff like that. Is that is that, none of these songs you're like, oh, I'm tired of hearing Shadow play. Right. You know what, you know what I mean. But this this. But this, all the but when I listen to it, I'm like, all oh, those songs are so good. This has a dude from the Clash or somebody that we talked about earlier. No. No. Um, no, I don't think so. No, the because uh, the lead singer died. He killed himself. He hung himself after their second album and they were about ready to go on their u.s tour okay they, they had just and they just and they got a hit they, it was like their biggest hit was on not off of this album but it was called the level tears apart okay and um it was bigger in, in europe and the uk but it was a little bit of a minor play here and they were about to go in there and he had he had like i forget he had, he had like epilepsy and he was just like really dark guy the lead singer uh, Elvis Kurt. Costello, no, nobody, nobody that so. played. No. So, and then out of the ashes of Joy Division came New Order. Uh huh. And New Order have, you know, became a huge band, and they're like a, a sunnier version of the Joy Division in a way. Blue got, Monday was Blue their Monday, big right, hit. Right, right. Yeah. But like uh, Joy Division is like, yeah, that's one of the things when we were talking earlier about the Doors, like. For as much as like the cool kids hated hated on the Doors and like the '90s, 2000s, whenever I was like in the in a young person finding music, as much as like the cool kids hated the Doors, the coolest band, the coolest old band, Joy Division, Ian Curtis loved Jim Morrison and oh, loved funny. the Doors. So you know what I mean? Where yeah. he and you can kind of see it too. He kind of has like a <laughs> he kind of has like a a, a a kind of a deep kind of a, an almost an affected kind of a deep uh, uh, delivery you know what I mean yeah and there's a and there's a there's a darkness to the there's a darkness and like a mythical quality to the lyrics too wow where where it's, it's so to me it was like well wait a minute this guy that couldn't be cooler to you likes this guy that couldn't be cornier to you you know what I mean I'm yeah. like, well let's maybe we should yeah. rethink this whole yeah doors hate thing right um anyway but, but this is like to me you know so this record comes out in 79 and then like as you mentioned they become new order which is obviously a few years later than mm-hmm. 79 but it feels like right in that time there were lots of outfits that were either disbanding or doing whatever and and key people or or multiple people from those original outfits are are going and doing new things with new outfits. It felt like there was a lot of that happening. Yeah, maybe so. And, and it, you know, the joy division, new order. Mm-hmm. I mean, it fits, it fits did right. Did you in. like, did you like going on pleasures? Mm, I mean, didn't grab you. No. I mean the, I, I was interested in the few tracks that I mentioned, right. but, um, I, I feel like there's a pocket of in that same 
time frame. There's a there's there's a pocket of just a lot of music coming out that just you know wasn't for me. Right. And um, I didn't dislike it. I, right. But I was like, I would. I will say though that I feel like as much as I like it, as much as I like it, it's on my list because I do think it's great and I like all the songs on it. It's not something that I. There's certain times of the year that it's better for me than others. Oh, interesting. It's like uh, when it's, seasonal when it's, affect disorder. When it's when it's overcast, oh. I, I can get down on some under pleasures. Yeah. <laughs> when that's... it's sunny outside, I'm not like, hey, put on that. Stop it. Put on a shadow play. Right. <laughs> it's more uh... New Order is a little bit more. Actually, so I actually really love. I actually really love New Order, and you can see at the very top of my thing right here. It says New Order compilation. Yep. There was two compilations in there, and I couldn't, in my right mind, put a compilation as one of my favorite albums. And it's not really even anyway, so it's not. I, I, I didn't really think about it that much. But I, they're, they're a band that I don't have. They're not, there's not an album of theirs that I would, that I like, covet and love. And right. Like, this is right. This, this is great from start to finish, and blah blah blah. There's albums that I like. I like 95 percent of. Wow. So um, you got into New Order. Yeah, I would say I really like. But they, but also there was like this. They also had this kind of thing where, it, because there was a you know because punk and post punk or whatever is such a kind of like a backlash to the established rock, whatever, that that became part of it too. Where they released a lot of singles. Oh wow! As as kind of like a well, we're not. Let's let's do that because it's different. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I was like everyone's put, like busting their ass to make this great record. Let's just make a great song. And damaging relationships and over killing, squashing budgets. Right. You know. To, yeah. Exactly. To make an, to put an album out. And and like and 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 a lot of times, not that fruitful. Like the album isn't yeah. that great. Yeah. Or like maybe half the album is great, and you might as well just sort of like make recorded five singles and then record, put the other put the B sides on the back end and call it an album. Right. Why not? Yeah. And so there's there's a new order compilation that's like I think it's called Substance, one and there's like two discs and it's a collection of all their like singles. Oh wow! Like, and it's great. It has blue. That's what has blue. Blue Monday's not on an album. It's not. No. Okay. Interesting. And there's a, there's a there's a number of songs on there that are not on. They're not. They aren't on this this the new order studio albums. Okay. Like, um, you might there might be other ones that you that you would like. Oh, right. okay, I, I kind of heard I've heard that before. But well, man, ceremony and stuff. <sighs> I'm embarrassed that I skipped an entire record, but <laughs> no, uh, I you you told me to tell you told me you asked me to give you my favorite album and I gave you a picture of sixteen. Yeah, so I'm, I, I well, but totally I didn't. Fine. I just need to, the record to be clear that I it, they didn't get left off intentionally. I wasn't singling right, them right, out. It was right, just. Right. But let's do one more break and then yeah, get yeah, you out of here. Sure. All right, home stretch here. Um, then this, I mean, perfect post break. Paris 1919. Did you listen to it? I did, man. I was like, what in the world is this? This is really fucking cool. Um, John Kale, right? Yeah, yeah. From the Velvet Underground. He's really? He's the other guy in the Velvet Underground. The, the other, there's four people in the Velvet Underground, but everyone knows Lou Reed. Yeah. John Kale was the, um, uh, the other sort of creative force in the first two Velvet Underground records, I believe, if I have my Velvet Underground history correct, which is the next album on the list. But um, spoiler uh, alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> and uh, is he was he's like classically trained. Classically trained. He's like he's like well he's Welsh, 
and and was like new it was like uh but also had studied a lot of like from what i understand like experimental uh composition and stuff like he was like so he was like a high-minded music person from you know, like yeah. european it shows that i mean that, that moved to new york and joined this like you know rock band or whatever and then but it's interesting i, I always felt that's like the cool part of it anyway we get involved with underground later but then he had this solo career that's not as lauded as Lou Reed because he didn't have hits and stuff. Right. And honestly, honestly, is there a song on there that you could imagine being on the radio, whatever? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's pretty, it's pretty like, uh, I don't know. It's very, very concept heavy. I have a lot of personal uh, feelings about this. There was a, it, it, it is, it's kind of a big album in my relationship with my wife. Oh, wow. Well, like, so I we had started dating in the fall of 2008. Met met at McCoy's. Yeah, she was a, cu- a customer. Regular, yeah. Regular. Okay. Met at McCoy's or 180. I can't remember if exactly. I mean, multiple times, kind of. You know, drunken evenings. Mm-hmm. Might have a little bit of weed involved as well. Uh, mom, cover your ears. Yeah. Every day, all day for a number of years, but the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, uh, anyway, so we, and we, you know, obviously hit, hit it off and we're kind of inseparable for a long time, for a while. And then I had this trip planned to Europe. I had never been. And I like went to go and I was going to be, and I was gone for like three weeks and it was very like bittersweet because I was like very excited to go to Europe. But like, I just like six months into my relationship. Fresh, freshly yeah, in love. Fresh, yeah, exactly. And so, and all it did was like foster it even more too. Cause I was like gone for three weeks and there's like messaging or like emails and this is kind of anyway and i had this on my like ipod and i was in and i went to paris and like anyway and so she listened to it too and so then we and we both really liked it that kind of a thing and so like it was uh and so are you guys close to the same age she's like eight months older than me okay so she's older. <laughs> she's 41. Great success. And uh, so the, what was I going to say? So the, uh, so I have extra affinity for it. I like every song though. And it's like this, it's like, I, I'm not an expert on it. Like I couldn't necessarily tell you what, I mean, I've read about it before and I, I could tell you what it's about, but it's. I mean, it's Paris very, 1990, that's got there's gotta be some kind yeah, of semblance of yeah. World War One. Exactly. I mean, yeah. something, I don't know. And I feel like it means a lot more to Europeans. Probably. <laughs> like, I, you know, like, but their songs are so different and interesting and cool. And the song that I really like uh, is uh, Half Past France. Okay. And uh, I also really like the song Paris 1919. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I like every song. A Child Christmas in Wales is a really good That's song. the opener. opener which is, I mean, I like I mean, all these songs, man. Um interesting fascinating as an as, like as an opening track and mm-hmm. i was like is there beatles influence happening here at all i don't even know uh the first andalusia yeah um or if you're from there you would say andalusia with a <laughs> intentional Spanish. list yeah, yeah. yeah uh very unique sound especially as the track that comes before macbeth which mm-hmm. is just like you talked about um there being this time where people weren't putting any energy into what tracks are going on the record and what's the sequence. But I, I, I say there also was a time where 
there was a lot of energy put into that and probably a lot of fights. Absolutely. Uh, so to go Andalusia into Macbeth, it was just like, this is in a, in a record that's already wild and like yeah. nothing I've ever listened to before. It was really cool. Uh, the ti- uh, Paris 1990 is like an opera kind of sorts. Like just super cool. There's, I have a, a that, uh, uh, while we're talking about that song, I have like a, I have a real soft spot for, uh, you know, uh, for a song that has like, that has like a, uh, sort of a surprise to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's dun, 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 dun. and then there's something, and then eventually something kicks in extra. Right. Yeah. When that happens in like rap songs and stuff, like there's a there's a couple of rap songs. There's like, a, there's like a Lil Wayne song that from his big album, and there's some other there's some I was listening to recently. There's something about like holding out, holding out, yeah. holding out, yeah. and then poof, and right. then like I'm, I don't know, I'm just a sucker. Are we for talking that. about music or how to please a woman? I yeah. mean, it's all the same, right? Edging is right. what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, just yeah. Um, Antarctica starts here super cool track name and also like just a fascinating collection mm-hmm. of music music pieces parceled together mm-hmm. uh you said that kind of like here here's your uh your hook or your riff and then there's a surprise that what comes to mind is a lot of the score to a lot of tom and jerry you know kind of you got it like i mean i watched so much tom and jerry as a kid uh but you know you got like a simple kind of a string arrangement happening mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden like you know right right something, okay or, or like a lot of the star wars tunes yeah, you know, yeah. You, immediately there's a a loop or a melody and then you know something comes in and like totally just dismantles everything that was just created you realize how much like in a way kind of more effective using like those types of instruments and like a lots of them are like as far as like cueing you emotionally mm-hmm. than just like guitar bass and drums oh man like you know what i mean like yeah. well it, it's yeah. it's just it's people there's, that do it i mean like it's 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 there's something know. about it like ingrained in the collective hu- human yeah. dna of you know like st- a string section doing something and then you know, coming in with something that's very anti that or did you ever do you remember going to see did you ever go see that uh the sex police do you remember sex the sex mm-hmm. police do you remember the uh that was like uh jimmy it was a bunch of local musicians oh that did like uh jamaican music basically did they covers play record bar or, i'm sure yeah yeah but yeah. i was but i was yes. like it, i always remember there was something I, I, one of the things I remember thinking of that is like, there's something that's extra fun about seeing like a big band. Yeah. You know, like a nine piece band. Yep. I've seen so many three and four piece and five piece bands. Not that they're bad. I love right. like that stuff, but like <coughs> a horn section and yep. a fucking key, like, you know, yeah. like all extra singers and yep. like it, it really sells you on it. Like, I don't know. There's some, there's something about it. And I feel like with, and you're talking about a string section and you see an orchestra, there's like how many, they, you, know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Very cool. Um, Velvet Underground. Um, Self-titled. I, yeah. 1969. Um, God, we're really touching on a lot of artists that put out like three records. I mean, we've got, we've got four, maybe. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, Rubber Underground and Nico. Yep. Self-titled. Wild Light, White Heat, mm -hmm. self-titled and loaded. Loaded, right. I mean, but wild. Um, I, I, I think there was a time where I was like, I'm going to be a big Velvet Underground yeah. fan. And then I, I like dove in and I was like, or maybe that's some maybe other guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I do that all the, I do that shit all the time. I'll read, I'll like somebody that I've heard about for years or something that comes out of me or, you know, you know, I, 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 it happened like last year or something like that or a year and a half ago, I want to say. And I was like, you know what? Sonic Youth. They're so related to so many things that I like. They, they would fit in here. I would exactly. Say. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to like, I'm going to listen to this album. I'm going to listen to that album. I'm going to get, I'm going to, this is the summer for me and Sonic Youth. And it just, you can't force it. Nope. I just can't force it. Absolutely and I like, so, and, and I just feel like I need the right songs or something. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I, and I like Sonic Youth. I'm just not anyway. Well, I mean, I, I, I've always appreciated these guys for who they were and what they did, but I never, whenever I sit down, uh -huh. I, I'm never in the mood for them. Yeah. Like I'll, or I'll listen to a couple tracks and be like, that's enough. You know, I'll come back to this another time. Um, like you said, you can't force it. Um, but what a wild debut record. So hold on a second. Okay. I want to make sure we, because you may have listened to the, did you listen, which self-titled velvet underground. Okay. And it has like, it's pretty low key. That's an understatement. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're listening to, we're talking yeah. about the same album. Yeah. Okay. And I, I mean, I know, I know for sure. I mean, I knew I have the first three. The banana, the... Nico is the one with the banana. Yes, yes. And this one is darker. It's yes, like it's black. just like kind of a black, yeah. black. And it's uh, kind of a black and white them on the back. And I think, I think I bought Nico first, thinking that was their debut. And then I learned. I was like, oh. And then I got the other one. And then, and then now, now I have two. And and I remember being like, maybe it's the third album that's really gonna jump start me and then i got that and i was like i don't wild eye white heat's real wild y yeah uh but and then loaded's but, kind of like the most straightforward yeah but I, I i got white light white heat which fish has covered as part of halloween you know they do a halloween mm -hmm. they've covered it in its entirety um and and just being like i don't yeah i don't know i don't know what's happening but it's not clicking and i Dude, what did you think of this one? Oh well, I, I knew I knew it fairly well, okay. so it was a revisit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it felt very similar to you know, which is a wild thing. Like when I first started listening to them, I was probably in you know my twenties and yeah, yeah. college or fresh out of college, and um, and you know, you sometimes you revisit something years later and it strikes you much Absolutely. differently. Have that experience all the time. Exactly the same. Really, uh, I was like, "This is I, I." It's still the same, really. Sort of, you know, interweaving of sounds, and you know, there's kind of like an intentional emotion that's kind of dripped into the thing. And I mean, I don't dislike it, but I was just like, I, "I'm not. I'm still not in the Wouldn't mood." Feeling it? Yeah. No, that's interesting. The uh, that was. Uh... What was I going to say? This is another one that's like, um, I kind of feel like uh, it has a little bit of an extra personal thing. I don't know why. I, it's just, there was, it's another one that my like, wife and I both like. Really? Um, when I was just like, when we find stuff, and then I just kind of like every, I just like the feel of it. And I like that, I like that how low key it is. I like that's like pale blue, pale blue eyes. Mm -hmm. It's such a great mm -hmm. song. 
Um, <laughs> and then it has some, it has a, some a little bit of wildness at the end. Mm-hmm. There's like that one song where, and actually, if you if you like, it's like there's on this song like there's like somebody kind of like singing and someone like talking constantly and, one, and it's all panned to one to the right and one's panned to the left and you can you could actually hear exactly what they're saying if you actually like cut off your left speaker yeah and put it on the right it's kind of yeah fun. um but yeah i i uh i don't know it works for me i like that too and in in maybe you'll maybe you'll uh listen to that modern lovers album but modern i will for sure the mod that modern lovers so the modern lovers is like Jonathan Richmond and the Modern Lovers, other, uh, they're called both things. The Modern Lovers or Jonathan Richmond and the Modern Lovers. Jonathan Richmond was basically like this young guy that is from, like, I think he's from Boston, but used to go to New York and and saw Velvet Underground in their early stages and was obsessed with them. And basically just like a Velvet Underground acolyte in a way. Like he's kind of what, he's very much influenced by the Velvet Underground. But it's wow. a lot. It's a little more straightforward, I would say. And, okay. he's, and he's considered... As is the Velvet Underground, like very proto punk, like pre, like has a punk attitude, but with not not necessarily like playing punk music, hmm. like Iggy Pop and yeah, Velvet Underground and Jonathan Richmond and a lot of, and there's something about that kind of like, it's pretty stripped down and it's pretty. It's like, very, it's so stripped down yeah. that a lot of it feels like they got together in the room, mm-hmm. they knew the acoustics of the room really well, and uh-huh. they set up. Thing, record and record and the mix is exactly how they want and then they kind of just they start noodling and then they're jamming and then they they, they arrive at a theme mm-hmm. and i it, once they've arrived at that theme I, I expect them to be like all right one two three but that's the song yeah. that's the feel that's what you're you and know. you kind of like i feel like that's the kind of thing that you like like or don't in a way you know what i mean not not like or don't but like i like that there's, there is something appealing to me about like the sustaining of that. You know what I mean? It is appealing. And, it is appealing. Um, the, um, and I would say that, yeah, Jonathan Richmond and the modern lovers kind of have that too. And, 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 and the, with the modern lovers thing, I would imagine that you're a fan of, uh, Jerry Harrison. Don't, don't know who he's that in, is. Uh, he's in, he's in, he was in the talking heads. Okay. You're talking. I love fan. the talking okay. heads. Yeah. He's like, keyboard player i want to say for the talking okay heads. and he was he was in the modern lovers oh wow us. okay they're very different than the talking heads yeah. but i just was like trying to fill another way to sell you on it but <laughs> i mean um, uh, has there ever been and john kale produced the first modern lovers album really sorry there you that's go. cool <laughs> has there ever been a musical outfit whose name fit their sound better than the velvet underground good that's a good that's a good point um I'd have to think about. I mean, that. it's it feels like they're if you're making a top ten list, they're at the top. But wire's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is pretty good. I don't know why. Touché. Something about the the simplicity and the like straightforward yeah, um, sharpness of it. Man, uh, so we go back a year to '68, Odyssey and Oracle, the zombies. Yeah, like I never. Uh, again, you know again, that song though right which one you know time of the season i didn't it's last right i know it's it's la- I, the whole i mean like oh, cool oldies feel small dose of flower power is that a william faulkner reference with a rose for emily uh what is this beechwood park psychedelic <laughs> feel hang me on a dream odyssey like sensation 
fantastic monkeys beatles feel uh and then i asked how often do you revisit this record and then i got to, i was like oh oh fucking i know this yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly i was like get the fuck? i forgot that it's like the last song on there too um so that's one so in this this is probably the one in this entire exercise that i was the most surprised at myself for putting on here because i had it on here because i i I liked it It was on lists and stuff you know where it's like definitely like an underrated classic and i also think that i am as much like the last one on my list i am a what i really like about listening to old music and it's there's all of this old music and everyone's like there's been so much emphasis put on these handful of bands in a way you know what I mean? And I, I e like the Beatles, the Stones, okay. yeah. the Who, whatever. Yeah. Like that there but there's this whole sea of old of old music that was around that time that is not like we've talked about many times tonight, like that is not overplayed. Right. Like it ha- it scratches the itch of that classic rock stuff or that psychedelic stuff or pop, you know, like cuz this is de- definitely I w- this is definitely in that like you were saying Beach Boys, Beatles, milieu, right? Yeah. But it's not songs that you've heard before. But they right. could, but but so many of these songs, if they had been given radio play, who knows? They could have been hits. There's fucking great songs. Yeah. Like time of the season, like people know. Yep. But like that song, what's uh, there's such a great song there. What the hell is it called? Um, On that record. This this will be our year. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Great song, yeah. Rose Rimmelly. <laughs> great song, like. All the and then so when I was like, I was just like kind of you know brainstorming writing all these albums down this larger list, and then when I was going back and listening through it, I was like, wait a minute, I like I like this song, I like this song, I like this song, I like this song, <laughs> and I'm just like, this one's making my first cut for sure. I mean, how how, uh, what were you? How were these album t- titles? coming to you were you looking at something were you just going through your no, own i mean i feel like there's a hand there's there were they were in my head mostly for like over the because i the, the last time i made it ever tried to jot down a list of like my favorite i remember being like 19 or 20 you remember my my old my good friend and old an old roommate worked at mccoy's before i did bernadette oh my god you remember bernadette uh I think I probably had a crush on her. Okay. She, she was pretty cute, wasn't <laughs> yeah, she? Yeah, Yeah. Um, but also came to McCoy's with a boyfriend. Yeah, right? Joe. She's married to him. Still. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of oh yeah. yeah oh, yeah. by the way, I'm also involved. What a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, uh, and so was it but P- yeah, we were Peters? friends in college. Was that her last was name? Was that Peters? Bernadette Peters? No, that's an actress. Is it? Uh, that's a famous actor. Okay. <laughs> Bernadette Kuhn. K U H N never would have, um, but uh, like the full one time fullback for the Packers. I think there was a John Coon. Yeah. Anyway, doesn't matter. Could be. Uh, the uh, where were we talking about? Uh, I don't uh, making. You're like when I was nineteen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So when I lived with her, I remember like writing lists for some reason. I we were I think it was a community college or something, and I was like, I'm gonna write down some. Uh, my favorite movies, my favorite, but my favorite album, yeah. whatever. And um, I would be curious to see what that list looked like. I don't really remember. Right. Um, some of these might. No, but this, not. this is an exercise you've dabbled in. So I haven't, the... but I hadn't since then, really. Right. Because I don't really. I don't. I mean, I and I. 
I had things that I really liked. The band, I have phases I went in with bands that I really sure. loved. There's bands that I that I huge in a huge phase of at different points that didn't really make this list. Like I was at, like at early twenties. I was a big. I was. I got really into the Rolling Stones, and. Uh, and there's not a Rolling Stones on this. Like I, I, I re-listened to it. If you looked, took the, the larger picture, I definitely re-listened to uh, Sticky Fingers and Exile on Main Street, and they did not make my list. Um, for different, I mean, yeah, I just couldn't force it. I was just like, I have to be honest. Like I'm, this is not on my list. Yeah, not on my list. Okay, uh, but it was, you know, I could, I could make a great. I always thought about making a great like Stones deep cut playlist. Hmm. Cause they got a lot of stuff. Like sure. I love like Sticky Fingers was my was my jam, and uh, but that's another one that like the album starts with a huge hit, right? So it's kind of hard. Yeah, I mean, it's not that, and the song's good, but I've heard Brown Sugar a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, not. I'm turning it if I hear Brown Sugar. Like you know. Anyway. Um. So this pattern of backtracking and then all of a sudden we do like a three decade leap and we go to 1997 with either or by yeah. Elliot Smith, yeah, which right. I was like, I, I was thinking that this was going to be so random that it wasn't even going to be on available on my streaming platform. Uh-huh. And poof. There it is. I'm like, get the fuck out. Like, and it, it looked fascinating. The, yeah. co- the cover art's very yeah. fascinating and just whatever the blurb was, I was like, wow okay and then again like man this is i've never listened to anything like this i mean uh it, it, this had a like you've heard of elliot smith though right no 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 um he scored the goodwill hunting soundtrack okay okay um this felt um <clears throat> like like it had kind of an organic feel but also intentional mm-hmm. you know like I don't even know how you marry those two things, but that was like, I think like he's like, he's like low key, a really great guitar player, but he's playing something that you wouldn't, he's playing a style that you don't associate with being like a virtuoso guitar player in a way. No. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. But he's also a really good songwriter. Um, but it just like, and this sort of, I don't care at all what any or all of the critics say. These are my songs this is my album and I'm mm-hmm. very proud of it. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just very profound in that way. The feel mm-hmm. of the record. Yeah. Alameda, uh, cool and spooky, uh, yeah. ballad of big, nothing really good feel to it. The guitar work and pictures of me, uh, Rose parade. I mean, like, so you don't, so I'm, I'm actually curious about this. You, you don't have any frame of reference for Elliot Smith at all. I mean, I feel like that's a, a Bernadette Peters. It's like, there's a, there's <laughs> well, an, I'm sure she was, there's an, I'm sure she's a fan. <clears throat> there's an Elliot Smith somewhere else that I'm, that's famous for something else. Oh, oh I see. Like right. an actor in a sitcom or, right, uh, right. Or it's like Elliot, uh, Elliot Gould or something. That's who I'm picturing. That's, <laughs> see, I, I keep screwing up the last names, but that's who I'm picturing. So, but, but Elliot Smith, he's like, uh, and I don't know if it would surprise you after listening to his music that he like that he killed himself by stabbing himself in the heart. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Years later, after the album, I mean he's he's made he made multiple records, but uh, he's he had a I think he had a pretty severe like depression issues uh, and uh, but the the music like 
and I know there's and there's other people that there's other Elliot Smith albums that people covet more than that I know but like that this is the one that for me like I I like every song I learned how to play at home like I, I learned how to play like Rose Parade and oh wow uh, um what's the other song boom, 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 boom. there's like a simplicity but it's such a it's so good uh uh, two forty-five in the morning. Two forty-five. Yeah, yeah. Doom, doom, doom. That also has like that thing that I'm a sucker for that builds, and then eventually the full band comes in. Yeah, up, upright bass can really, yeah. you know, uh, kind of you're in, and then whoa, what? Yeah. Uh, the last note. The whole record has an eerie familiarity to it. Mm-hmm. Like I've been here before, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm very in the dark and confused, kind of. Yeah. I mean, it was fascinating. I was yeah. like, "I'm glad you liked it." Good stuff. I mean... So here's where, uh, and again, no, no disrespect to modern lovers, but time, I, the Kinks um, are the Village Green Preservation Society. Yeah, is that the right record? Yes. Okay. And uh, sixty-eight. Yeah. Uh, classic kind of oldies slash hippie it's, feel to it. It's newer to my. Uh... It'd probably be newer to my list, and it'd probably be relatively. It'd be on the outskirts, and there'd be some other things that would probably be arguably kind of be replace it. It's 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 kind of a newer. It's kind of the same thing I was talking about with like an old a, a classic rock, scratching the classic rock itch, but but without being overplayed. Right, and it's Britishy, which of course I yeah. also <laughs> have an affinity for, and uh, and there's only like one song that you might. Do you recognize like any of the song? There was a song called like, I think it's picture, it's picture book on there. I I I. Didn't, oh, you didn't listen to it. All. I I only got a few tracks in, and then I I I I couldn't I couldn't get back to it to finish. Oh, okay, just okay. Time constraints. No, there's I think there's like a I forget. There's two there's two Kinks albums I really like. This one and the one like right before or after I can't remember which one's first called like Arthur or Decline of the British Empire. Or something oh like wow. That. Um, mouthfuls it, for album titles. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, you know, the Sgt. Pepper's yeah. was kind of the hot shit. Right, so, right. <laughs> that was probably their version. Because, you know, the Kinks have tons and tons of hits. And Are they what I like about you is them, right? No, that's, uh, oh, they, you really got me. That's, that's what it is. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no. yeah, yeah. And Lola is a Kinks okay, song. Okay, yeah. But they, and they span over time. They were, it's another one of those bands that, like, they've had U.S. hits, but they were actually, I mean, in Britain, I feel like they were. It would, you know, there's a there's, broader it appreciation was, for their body of Beatles, work. Beatles, Stones, Who, Kinks, probably. Oh. You know what I mean? Where like Kinks are up there. Okay. But there's, okay. But, but they like uh, Sunday afternoon. You know that song? Waiting on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, not as well as I. I can't get um, Sunday morning out of my head. Sunday which is, morning. Yeah, yeah, that's a great song too. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, but it's, it's another one of those that's, like I said, it's, it's probably of the 16, it's probably 15th or 16th. Okay. And I, but I, I do like it. I do like all the songs on there. I mean, it, 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 as far as I got, I was like, this is, this is cool. I yeah. can dig this. And I like that it's like, uh, like I said, it's, it's some, it's like old music. It's like old rock and roll that I, I'm not tired of because I haven't heard it a bajillion times. Exactly. Well, and I mean, the like, you know, you really got me and Lola. Like, it's really all I have, you know? Right. And, and so to see that, like, they're 
putting stuff out with like you know these heady kind of yeah yeah album titles Mm -hmm. right in the sort of summer of love wheelhouse kind of you know we're we're far enough removed from oldies uh and we're kind of in this hippie flower but we're not to the 70s you know rock right right is king kind of this this fascinating vacuum of and there was a lot of music put out right then right well so. i always think that's that's like an interesting uh that's a an interesting pocket yes of two of like uh we were talking before about uh the rolling stones and who i'm a fan of but like uh there's a there they kind of they kind of had they kind of had an early heyday and then there was a couple albums in a row that towards the before they kind of rediscovered themselves with their with their like four big records where they were kind of doing what other people did like they were they were kind of in this mold of like we are the village green profession or which is kind of which is kind of a response to uh sergeant peppers and the kind of yeah. concept record that's a yeah. little bit psychedelic you know and so the, and the rolling stones had an album called their satanic majesty's request and considered like a flop at the time because it's like there's not a hit on it really okay and it's there's not a hit and it's weird and, uh-huh. and it's and it's not like the it's not like the sort of you know uh kind of guitar rock Sure. Keith Richards licks that you're right. used to. It's, right. It's trying to be a little bit more psychedelic. I mean, high concept. I got a lot of respect for that. You're going right. to like, cause you put that record out. It's, it's not going to disappear, but it, right. You're one of the big bands, right? Yeah. You're going to yeah. put this album. You got to own it as just much as you got to own. But of course now I feel like because of their, their status just right. as, as uh, in the, in the history of, of the rock, that album has is, seen in a different light yeah it's 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 almost like it's almost like when you're uh if you're like a if you're like a really important director or you're a really important painter or something you have a period that might not be as 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 a valorized but it's but because it was made by that person it is like, inherently like it is Picasso. inherently yeah it isn't inherently the important blue, the blue period exactly the abstract like, period the... you could hate it but it doesn't matter at a certain point yeah. because it, it was part it's of their... still got a six-figure price tag on exactly it, like, whether you like it exactly or not. you're not you're not getting a discount on their <laughs> majesty's request because you know what I mean? Because yeah. it because it doesn't have right. uh, you know fucking um, well now nah, I'm struggling to pull the name of it. song. I feel you. So so uh, thirty minute recess, not kindergarten recess, was your first thirty minute recess. And then from there you were in. I was in uh, so thirty minute recess, which was a ironic yes nineties yes cover band. Uh-huh. We had a lot of fun. Uh huh. Uh, and there was also original children's songs at some point. I feel like that was our downfall. The, uh, sorry, sorry, Dan. The, uh, um, where's he these days? He's back here. He moved back like during the pandemic. Did he move to like California or something? He was in Oregon. Oregon. Portland. (coughs) What's he doing? He works at that, uh, I've only seen him once. I kind of feel bad, but the, our lives are very different. I have two children and he doesn't. (laughs) And he's bartending at uh the whatever the third street local you know that place on okay main and plaza south plaza yeah 
He bartends there. Third like, Street Social. Third Street Social. Yeah. Thank you. He, God, he's still in the restaurant industry. Yeah. He so he moved. Well, he's in the restaurant industry and the music industry in Portland during the pandemic is basically just like a double whammy of like sure. Uh, and he, it's an expensive place to live. So yeah. he moved back. And uh, did he? He moved with a band. Oh, I was gonna say, did he move with a, a partner? A girlfriend or a, no? He no. moved. With, he moved with the band. Did he have a girlfriend? And when during, when you guys were first doing your thing? Um, no, not really. Not no. nec- not really. Uh, the not for any extended period okay. of time. The um. Oh yeah, so we, we and then we did that, and then um. And then we were. I was. There was a Tom Petty tribute band. Oh yeah. And then a Fleetwood Mac tribute band. I I, I must have been gone by then because I don't remember that. And uh, <clears throat> that was the, that was the tail end of my 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 the the Fleetwood Mac tribute uh, bridged my time at McCoy's and Grunauer. Okay, I, I was like in it like for a little bit there. Now, did you guys do the good Fleetwood Mac stuff, which was the late oh we 60s. just did we just did we just did the worst shit. Okay, I'm just kidding. I don't know what you consider good or bad. Well, pre all the pre Stevie Nicks stuff is the best Fleetwood Mac stuff in my opinion. So I don't really like that stuff. Okay, but. And we can't really do it. It's fascinating considering how drawn you are to late sixties and, and stuff in Europe. Cause that's what, well, they... um, but also like, we're also like, you know, I feel like for the most part, when you're doing a tribute band, like, yeah, I, I'm not, I wasn't, I'm not, I went, I'm not like the biggest Fleetwood Mac fan, but I just had gotten into, and I like, I like most of the hits. There's a, there's one that I that from the very beginning I was like we're, we're never gonna cover this song which is what don't stop <laughs> which is like I I actually I was was thinking that we should call the band don't stop and never play it just I, as kind of like a joke or whatever yeah. you know um, just because like I just remember my the the Clinton campaign I was just like I, I can I can never hear this song again right <laughs> and it's just a corny song and uh, mm-hmm. but. I and by and I one of the albums is probably if you zoomed out I have Tusk on there. Okay. I was really into Tusk, uh, and it's like a follow up to the huge album, right? Which uh, to it's the album after Rumors. Yeah. It's a double album. Right. And there and it's it's really interesting because it's uh, it's like ninety percent or more Buckingham. Oh wow! Like. They were in a weird space, as everyone knows the rumors, stories, and whatever. And they were very collaborative, but there was also a lot of tension with the band. And also, there's a lot, there's an inherent amount of tension when you sell like 25 million fucking records. Yeah. I mean, it's an insanely big album, yeah. still is. Yeah. And so there was a lot of pressure, and so he ended up basically writing, and he actually, rec- I think he like wrote, he even wrote like drum parts and shit. Like he was very inspired by punk, which is weird to say because because punk was punk i would imagine in large part fleetwood mac probably would have been one of the bands that the punk rockers would have been like in directly reacting to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean and then conversely fleetwood mac is turning their nose up at whatever punk is doing right and but but he you was actually think, but... you would think but he he was I, I remember reading this thing and he was he was actually very inspired by the immediacy of what they were doing and like that you have an idea do it right like and he goes i have this avenue like i'm you know i mean like and so he ended up basically writing this whole record and they all like and they say they, i think there's even they say like mick fleetwood and whoever has said like that's 
we owe, we owe this to Lindsey Buckingham for doing this because like he just like fucking kind of just shit it out. Wow. And but there's lots of really like kind of wild ideas on there, like songs that are like very strange and very like fevered and quick. Hmm. And uh, I mean, there's the song Tusk, and then there's a couple songs that are kind of hits off there, like Sarah. And uh, but then there's like these pretty wild songs on there, and I was really I kind of gravitated because it's the same reason that we talked about. 20 times tonight is like there's all these songs that are great like Fleetwood Mac songs that I haven't heard of but goddamn jillion times yeah you know what I mean yeah. and um but anyway but that that definitely I feel like it was a very uh, clear progression of like learning crappy 90s pop songs on bass and then learning Tom Petty songs on bass which was like kind of graduated but it was relatively straightforward sure. for the most part and then learning like John McVie bass lines for Fleetwood Mac, which was a lot more. I was kind of intimidated at first. I, I was like, kind of reluctant because like you start listening to him like, well, there's more than the E string happening like, in this I shit. I don't know if I can be like, because there's one song I really liked was um, called Blue Letter. Okay, it's on uh, the it's on the this the self titled Fleetwood Mac album with. Um, the before rumors, but it's the first one with Stevie Nixon, okay. uh, Buckingham, okay, and it has a uh, Rhiannon on it, and oh uh, god, uh, but it has this bass line that's like boom, and I was like, how the fuck am I ever gonna, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you piece it together, and then, uh, but I, but by the time I got to that, I had already played like, um, learned uh. uh refugee okay which is a little bit more of a was a little bit more of an ask on the base for me mm-hmm. with tom petty and stuff and then i just got more and more comfortable with it and so See, that and then i was in the uh, like some like uh, my buddy paul moved back to kansas city from lawrence and he's a very like uh creative guy musically okay. and um we started jamming and i played we played in a band just like he in like all original stuff you know what i mean currently well, now we're doing stuff currently. I'm, 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 I feel like a big, I'm a hangers on. We jam, but like, uh, he's, he writes everything. I mean, but if you got, if you, if, if you connect when you're jamming, I mean, it, it's there. Right. Well, he's just like, he's, here's the chords I'm playing. And then, I mean, I eventually, I think there's a certain, like, he definitely writes the songs and the parts and stuff, but like, I do think there is some, a certain thing where like, if you, you're inherently going to play it the way you play it. Yeah. It's not, I'm not, I don't have, and like, there's going to be, there's going to be portions where he, the other person's going to be like, Oh, I, I never would have thought to do yeah. that right there. That was cool. You do that again. Or it that, take some he, liberties. He, yeah. he kind of has an idea, a yeah. sketch of her like, Oh yeah, you're kind of playing this and then I'll play it. And then sure. eventually you start playing it. You practice it enough. And then you're kind of like, I kind of like it. I kind of like to play it like this. I kind of like, you know, that kind of stuff. But, um, so you guys jam currently. Yeah. Uh, he just got a, we just got, a a practice space, like rented a space because we're, we're old and can afford it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't, he's, he's got it. Cause he's like, he wants, he set up his recording equipment. He's like, I'm like doing that. this. Yeah, I'm doing this. Well, that's, and that's like what his priority is. Like the other guys I play with, there's like two, three other guys, Paul and, and my friend Pat and Justin, they're all childless. 
and have they can 30 hours a week to give to well i mean they don't do that much they have their own lives and wives and stuff like that but like uh i i kind of feel like the i'll do it but i'm I'm not paying. I can't pay a fourth of the rent for this because I I can't justify because I'm gonna like maybe twice a month I'm gonna come and jam with you guys. But and we don't. We're, there's no aspirations. It's it's literally for fun. That's you cool know though, I mean? man. And we it's a creative it's, release. Yeah, do that and get loud and play with other people and talk about music and I don't know. I find out I've I the this younger guy that's in the band. So Pat and Paul are my age, and then. This guy Justin joined us, and that's why I moved over to guitar because he plays bass. Oh yeah, yeah. Here I am picturing you play bass. This whole yeah, time. <laughs> I knew that. And so I play guitar, and he plays bass. And uh, but what's fun about it, what's been fun about having him around, uh, I, apart from just liking him personally, is that he's probably like I don't know, twelve, thirteen years younger than us. I want okay, to say, something like that. He's like twenty-seven. I want to say something like that. Twenty-seven, twenty-eight, and. Uh, so his perspective is different. His like his, what he's what the music he's into is some of there's some overlap for sure. Sure. But and he likes older things. But he, but I'm I'm always really curious. I'm like, what did you listen to, Justin? Yeah. Like, because I want to hear it. Like I, I don't have a. That was what was kind of miss about being at the restaurant is you don't I don't I have I I've lost my access to young people. Right. And at least young people that care about shit like yep. this. The young people I work with. I don't know. I can, we're talking about golf or some shit, or right. whatever. But like, <laughs> well, I, the, you know, uh, Gherkin with my bloody Valentine, you turned me on to Spoon. Oh, yeah. I was like, you know, I went home and I was like, oh, dude, like, yeah. this is legit. Like, yeah, I yeah. really, you know, just a couple of the little of those, it doesn't take much to sort of fuel the fire. Yeah, you know, yeah. and maybe maybe you find a little tributary that you go down and right, cut, right. pick up something else along the way. I mean, or absolutely, you get, yeah. or you get handed <laughs> an amazing list of sixteen. You know, um, that's awesome. No, yeah. I, but but I think that's that's a testament, though. I feel like to um, what's cool about you doing this, and then I feel like a testament to you is that you're you still have to be open to it. Yeah, you could easily be like. You could easily be like, uh, especially as the older you get, you get it's very easy to be like, the fuck do they know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what is this stupid well, prefab yeah. who? Well, <laughs> uh, I, I talked about this uh, a few episodes ago. Um, you know, uh, the idea and getting space, get all the mm-hmm. equipment and hiring somebody to do a logo. And then the same person built a website for me and, uh, she was like, you know, I paid her and she's like, start sending me episodes. I was like, start sending you what? You're done? Like, yeah. oh, shit. and then like months went by, you know, cause I kept getting stuck with shit, man. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like right, I right. bought all this crap, but I'm anyway, when I was finally ready, she, the thing had gone dormant. So she had to revive it and do whatever she, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, um, She's like, well, start. You still need to give me bio, you know, like, what is this about? And I was like, oh yeah, I haven't really put words to that yet. And so yeah. what I what I sort of vomited out through the keyboard mm-hmm. was, you know, sort of like that stubborn, you know, like die on this hill argument kind of thing. It's like for years it's been like the stuff that I like is good, and the stuff that I don't isn't. 
Right, right. Uh, I like good music. Loosely. <laughs> yeah, and if if you if we don't match up, then you have shitty taste, you yeah, know. Yeah, and, yeah. and obviously, that's a foolish way yeah. to look at the world. So, the idea is here. Like, well, I know what my badass records are. What are yours? And so. Yeah, I had my former goaltender. Uh, he was like, "Dude, I'm really digging the podcast." I was like, "Oh, I didn't even know. You're, do you want to do an episode?" Yeah. Well, give me your record, and he's like, "The Cult Electric," and I was right. like, "Fuck," because the Cult, the Clash, and the Cure were like the C bands. <laughs> the, the, the three C's yeah. were just like the kings of garbage. Really, and, uh, with zero. No, what based on what i don't even know based on something based that you on, had like 25 years based ago. on yeah. the way that robert smith looked in a poster right you know? exactly it's like <laughs> yeah. so then i i his week comes around and i was like oh i like this record a lot and we i mean it's i'm probably not gonna put it right on, put it on in the car but i was like this is fan- fascinating and I mean, then and then yeah. and then we're talking and he was like I totally thought you were going to hate that record. And I was like, did you choose it for that reason? He's like, no, 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 no. I really love it, but I thought you were going to hate it. So when London London Calling came up, when I did that Google search for the double albums and then here it, mm-hmm. the, the clash, and I was like, I mean, let's see what's up. And it's like, what do you know? I don't mind that record at all. Right, exactly, <laughs> you know? yeah. Kind of yeah. like how many truths, you know, do no, I have you to got, unearth? I you know, I it's funny that, and, and this is more a literal taste. And I don't mean to keep it going on forever, but like I, 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 I feel like there's. I, I remember having that experience when I was in my twenties and and working at a restaurant mm-hmm. and having these hangups about food. Oh, and and thinking that like I didn't like something because it was based on something who knows from when you were fifteen and the way right. something smelled and the way it, yeah. the texture or whatever. I feel like you're much more. It, involved with texture when you're a kid like i don't want to eat that because it's slimy or whatever (laughs) and then like you have something that you thought you hated it but it was prepared by someone that works in the kitchen and they know what they're doing and they the flavors are balanced and you have it with a beer and you're like wait a minute fuck like i like crab cakes i never would have thought like you but you got to try it and i feel like it's like you if you don't revisit it every once in a while like your taste buds literally change like i feel like I feel like that way with some movies that I used to love. Yeah. That I like, I love this movie and now it does not speak to me whatsoever. Oh, wow. And like, I could appreciate it. There's something good about it. Well, it's funny you you mentioned food uh, and you probably will remember this. Uh, regretfully, I remember it. Uh, but one day I but decided that you I You put would... a cookie in my burger? <laughs> you were so mad. I was, I mean, like, plate in the window like i think you were like i'm i'm not eating or something you know or maybe i remade i don't know but i was like that did not go how i thought it was gonna go (laughs) you thought i was gonna laugh my ass off or something or or like haha motherfucker like yeah yeah i was that mad you were pretty mad you were pretty mad and i was like just hungry i was probably hangry maybe maybe but i was like don't I'm, I won't mess with Adam's food again. <laughs> and not not that I, I was messing with anybody. It just, I, I again. Like, I just was like, probably like, <clears throat> fucking, I've, I've ordered the same. Blair's had to make my food every day for like months. And he's just like, God damn. Well, it's, it's, and it, so it becomes, you know, we talked at the beginning of this list of bullet points of who Adam Boyd is to me. You're everybody's meals. I mean, <laughs> well, I didn't even think about that. Black and chicken sandwich, side Caesar, Spencer Valentine. Oh yeah. No mayo, no lettuce, no tomato. McVicker, pot roast. You know, no right. mushrooms. Uh, remember Cynthia? 
She was Asian. She had glasses. She didn't work there for a long, long time. But I don't think I worked with her. She always wanted Mac Brock, but in the in the not in the two handled mm-hmm. thing, but in the pasta bowl. Yeah. And because she's like, I can eat it faster that way. I was like, Jesus, how hungry are you? Like, yeah. what? Uh, Santa Fe burger, you know, cookies and milk. I mean, just if I if I sat with if I tried to make a list, I bet you I could come up with twelve, that's, that's fifteen. That's really funny. Because I mean, so many d- days in a row. Just, okay. Like you see, you, and and the, the worst part, especially when I worked a lot. Well, yeah. the worst part is that you know, labor being what it is. You know, when the lunch rush is over, you need those guys to get stations stocked, stations clean, and get off the clock. And then you're by yourself. But you still have all of your responsibilities. And then here comes the the PM folks coming in. The lunch people already did lunch service and ordered food because they're they're hungry. And then Mm -hmm. the dinner people coming in before their shift to order food. And you just can't get anything done. You can't get a break. Get off the line here. Go down and like mother Santa Fe, like, <laughs> fucking boy. Like here, you know. Uh, hey, they, hey, blame blame James and Mark for giving me a discount. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's not my fault. Yeah. I, I, what's what's a what's a twenty two year old to do? But just like order the fifty percent off burger at yeah. the place he works. Yeah. At. I don't know. I get anywhere else to be anyway. I mean, I just uh, do you remember Brown Diesel? <laughs> Brown Diesel. Uh, is that the Hog Pound Brown with? Because so there's a diesel that was there's a diesel that was a stout with root beer, right? Okay. And then, but uh, Melanie used to order a brown diesel. Melanie's. I don't remember. I don't know what her name is now. Like Chetka. Sedchka, yeah. Yeah. Sechka. yeah. But uh, I don't know if I should say. <laughs> she was. It's a beer or it's root beer. She or? got a beer instead of a stout and diesel. She got a brown hog brown brown and and root beer. Okay. Sorry. Instead of a stout and root beer, she got a brown and root beer. Okay. And there was something funny about the name Brown Diesel, and so McVicker started calling her Brown Diesel. Okay. Brown Diesel. Uh huh. Oh, Diesel. Diesel. that's brown. a good McVick right yeah, there. Brown Diesel. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then we were talking about, and this, and then they were just talking about Brown Diesels, and um, he goes. And Dylan was milling about and like brought some about brown diesels in in regards to Melanie. And he goes, where do you, he goes, what do you know about brown diesels? And Dylan is just like, he goes, are you talking about uh, 10 inch steamers, 10 inch brown steamers, bro? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, but you know, Dylan, Dylan is just one of the most naturally funny people. Like he's funny without trying. When he's trying, he's funny. When he's not trying, he's funny to me. He's just so funny. And he just like missed it. And he just immediately, he heard Brown Diesel and Melanie. And he was talking, and he started talking about 10 inch Brown steamers. <laughs> God. Cause he was just talking about how she would just like monster some food after her shift or whatever. And mm-hmm. she's like, you're about 10 inch Brown yeah. steamers. <laughs> One of the best parts of that job uh, was the liberty that the bar staff was given to create tap names (laughs) sunburnt hippie was maybe my all-time favorite i've I've seen that guy in the most wild places still yes like i went to durango where i live makes that makes that tracks and and went to college and i'm like at the brewery that i was the kitchen manager of and like turn and he's he's like no way dude i'm like and then two more times in other towns you know spencer told him that his tab name was Sunburnt Hippie. That, he, that we called him that, and I think he was not in. He yeah, was not, he didn't. I mean, who would? I think but. he 
probably had some kind of chemical intake that oh, really? I, you know, I think he probably didn't say no to too many drugs. Right. Um, I just remember we made fun of them a lot because, well, we made fun of every regular just because it was like, cause you could. Yeah. And I was like in Aaron in like, of course, Aaron and Aaron hated everyone Dude. that came in. He didn't start like that and he didn't go out like that, but he had a very long oh middle God. period where yeah. he was just like, Fuck and he had this. all that fucking hair. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking this just guy. Fucking this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we just hated out. We one of the big things to make fun of was the Royals fans because that was when the Royals were awful. Mm-hmm. And but but Sunburn Hippie and his buddy Modal would come in and yell at this TV and be into it at like three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday when they're like you know twenty and fifty. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, dude. Okay. You think this is going to make a difference? Like you shouting at this? Cares. Yeah. Just enjoy the Remember game. Remember the highlight of that stretch? There was a season where we opened like 14. and I remember that. And it was, yeah. and where everybody Theme was. time, yeah, yeah. Every time was yeah. going nuts and then just yeah. right in the shitter. Yeah, I remember that. Jose anyway. Guillen, all those fucking. Who was that? There was like, there was a really high, like a crazy. Fast pitching closer McDougal, McDougal. You remember that guy? Maybe he was like a tall. He threw like he threw like heat. Like yeah, like hundred yeah. miles, hundred one or whatever. Yeah, but I don't think he was that good. No, he just like for it's an inning, he's a wild good, thing from right? major league. Yeah, exactly. But I remember that big part of that hot start. And yeah, then they kind of they kind of sustained it, and then for and a then after, and Then after the All Star break, it kind of just crested. Yeah, and missed the playoffs. So yeah, I was just like yeah that. Can't count on the Royals, but no. um, anyway, that was Sunburn Hippie. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> that was also a... I didn't know for years that... So if you walk through the entrance to the bar, mm-hmm. just to the left, there was a hole uh-huh. where they, apparently at one time there was a cappuccino machine. Oh, right, right, right. And so whoever sat there always got the tab named Cap. And like at first when I started to see it, I'd like look and I'm looking for somebody with a baseball cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I figured out, I don't know, I, I made some kind of connection, but every time I would look, it would be a different person. And I, but I, I but I never yeah, thought yeah, yeah, to yeah. act. And finally <laughs> one day I was like, what the fuck is this cap? And they're like, oh, there used to be a cappuccino. I'm like, <laughs> all the mental energy that I wasted trying to solve this mystery that nobody cares about. I remember, uh, there was a, we got talked to once, which is what, this is one of the, my least favorite things about working in a restaurant and just like, uh, was that get kind of getting talked to like, he, like when, if there was a problem, a lot of times it, ha- it happened at Grun Hour too, there'd be a problem, there'd be a problem with a specific person or a specific small group of people. And instead of a manager addressing that person or that small group of people, let's have a whole meeting and we're all going to talk about it. And I'm like, this does not pertain to me. I don't do this. I'm not even bartending or whatever it was. But I remember one time like Matt McClain, cause there was like a, there was like, I don't know if it was Matt, it might've been somebody else, but there was a news national news story about a, about a restaurant that got sued because some bartender named a tag. Oh yeah, Jew couple. Based on the way they looked, there's like, and then he forgot to change the mm-hmm. name when he printed it off, and they sued him or whatever. Of course, yeah. And so, but then we all got talked to about it for some reason. It's like I don't even bartend. Like, what are you, what See, are you that, talking to me about? That's it? Like, like you know, God bless Matt McLean, but you know, that's a guy that 
is is back then you know didn't really have management skills yeah and so like if a heavy breeze would come along and he could like clutch a piece of trash out of the air and then like address yeah the staff like that was his but then if it's like friday night dinner service and everybody's getting crushed where's matt nobody knows yeah i mean no it's yeah and then rich man i mean he had like that surgery and mm -hmm. then i think he developed some kind of need to whatever he was prescribed i think to because i think it was rough and then i think things got rough at home and then his for a minute his post mccoy's life was not wild uh, well bad one incident in particular which we don't need to go into but like i just you know kind of just pulling the rug out from under those closest to you and you know mm-hmm. really only thinking about yeah it's like what i thought you were like soft-spoken kind-hearted yeah. he was cool it's cool to me right uh, right yeah. and same same here like i i always I got the, working with rich i always yeah. got the vibe from rich that like i know you're i'm glad you're here because i know you're going to do your shit and i won't have to come yeah. you know hold your hand along the way kind yeah. of deal but yeah well no one beats no one beats kevin kevin kim yeah i loved him he was so good he was so easy to work for i remember that was like i said earlier about how like i worked at uh, on the border and i my manager never said hello to me or whatever and i remember getting my first day like getting hired or first day like on the job and then like kevin coming over you know just being like hey great to meet you good to see you you know like yeah like great you know we're gonna you know uh, that's awesome and just like really all smiles and really nice and then also was just like i feel like he was always he was like as good as good at anyone in the restaurants at their job yeah so we never i never seen anyone be able to carry so many plates too oh yeah it would go like this and be like (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah and he was just real i remember i remember being pretty pretty bummed out when he when he left well i i started and a guy named terry trombetti was the gm okay and things were just things were wildly busy in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. and everything every corner of that place felt like shit was just barely hanging on right and then kevin i, I don't know if sales dipped and so the jo- the stresses of the job became lighter or if kevin really righted the ship in a yeah, lot of yeah. ways but then he was there forever yeah. and then he leaves and it's just sort of this like rogues gallery of people not only there but you know you got yeah. now you got foundry to be responsible for yeah. and, and it was kind of like oh man things are all of a sudden rough again around here like yeah where's where's the uh the only time it felt like unified leadership is if james is in the room conducting a manager meeting or god forbid running a shift yeah i would... remember when he when uh because uh i think i want to say like maybe i can't remember who it was i want to say kevin quit and uh kevin quit and maybe scott did too at the same or scott got fired slash quit whatever at uh at the same time uh, kind of unexpectedly so there was like they were like down two managers um and the uh so then there was a brief period of time for maybe a month or six weeks while when uh james and mark were working a lot more yep. as, as and james was managing and yep. I actually i really liked working with yeah. james when he was managing i feel like 
we were kind of we got to be kind of like buddies a little bit. Well, you know? very very professional, very yeah. clear expectations, very direct communication. You go with him what you needed, and I felt like he's he's got kind of I had a similar. There's no, I don't have a dissimilar sense of humor. He was very kind of sarcastic. Right. And like I, right. I, I, I understood that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I liked, and it, he didn't seem as intimidating because I wasn't just like, oh, boss man's walking by. Got to pretend yeah. like I'm doing it. It's like, no, he's on the shift. He yeah. knows that there's like a ebb and flow to this. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I don't I didn't remember where I was going with that. But yeah. And then by the time the other man, like a bunch of the other managers kind of came and went, like I felt like I had enough seniority and like my foot was firmly in the door that I just had. I, I remember like, I look back on it and it's like so crazy that I could, I mean, there'd be weeks at a time where I work a couple of days a week. I pay my rent easily with a couple of good shifts. Yep. I had good shifts cause I had worked there for a yep. long time. You know what I mean? And then now to me, that was like, that was my raise. I'm not making any more money on the, on a shift than anyone else. But like, I get to, I don't have to work the bullshit. Right. <laughs> so, and you don't, you know, it was the best and you don't rock the boat like Dylan. Right. And so, always oh, wants to like metal and politics and pecking orders. Dude, and, he, he cannot, that dude cannot help himself. I know. Like, which is why, you know, <laughs> you sit so there funny. and like rain these compliments on him about how funny he is. And I'm like, mm, I can, I can feel his head <laughs> growing. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't, it's not, I mean, it's compliment or whatever. I find him. I happen to find him funny. Right. I understand that the, the lots of people that have worked with him do not find him. Find I, I him don't get me wrong. I love Dylan. Yeah, yeah. I love Dylan. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I, and he. I think he. If he, he were sitting here, he would acknowledge this too. I'm. I'm. All, I'm kind of like perpetual check and balance for him. Yeah. Like if he tries to tell you about the order of the world, I'm like, hey, and he's yeah. like, you shut up over there. Yeah. You know. But. Uh, no, I remember that. Uh, Chandler used to like to get him worked up. Oh my God. And, uh, but like he knew he would know, he knew what Mark was, what Chandler was doing. Right. He knew that he was intentionally trying to rile him. He would, he knew that he wasn't being completely serious. He was just trying to rile him up. But even knowing that he could not help himself. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. He's just like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chandler, you're going <laughs> to, yeah. it was just like Dylan, you can't help You're like your own worst enemy, man. Right. But he just, I just feel like as a person off the cuff, like he just said so much funny shit. Oh, oh, 100%. 100%. Like I was like he, him and Dylan and, and, and McVicker are so funny to me. And like the exact polar opposite. McVicker is like the only person that can like say the same thing over and over again. And it's still funny. Like the 50th time, just cause he's funny. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to explain, but Dylan <laughs> would just be we I did I ever tell you we went to um uh we went to Chicago one time, me and me and Jingle and Aaron and Dylan. What? I'm trying to say like we in, went, in a car? Yeah, we drove up there in Jingle's uh whatever his Honda Element. Yeah, that square yeah, that boxy green, looking yeah. yeah. It was a relatively new car at the time. I don't remember when this was, two thousand and six or something. Smoked cigarettes the whole time probably. And uh uh so we drove and Aaron and Jingle and I, we well, the, the whole plan was to go to a Cubs game, and Dylan had old buddies in Chicago, yeah. so he like kind of went with us, and then like went off and did his own oh, thing. Oh, funny! And Aaron and Jingle and I went bar hopping because Jingle had lived there recently and whatever. But <laughs> we were 
Dylan, we were taking turns driving on the way there. It's starting to get dark, and Dylan's driving, and he he's looking for. He brought glasses for driving because he, he, you know, he's and he was like, he couldn't find them forever. And then he finally gets them, and he just says, without really trying to make a joke, where he goes, he goes, oh, it's like, he goes, Encyclopedia Brown <laughs> so, solves the case of the missing glasses. <laughs> And you know, but it was just like out of his head. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. He he wasn't sitting on it. Like I well, I feel like if I tell He is joke, very funny in that just way. Just like a yeah. fucking what and we just start dying. Like this dude is just so funny. Man. <laughs> well I, I've I've I I feel like I haven't talked kept you long enough. No, this is great. Um well but we're we're rolling up on midnight and Oh, is it really? I, yeah. Jesus. Uh hopefully you're not your significant other is not I'm worried. Fine. But, She's going out of town tomorrow. Oh so boy! I'm like solo dadding for like four days. But who's so, who's getting them out of bed in the morning for wherever? Know, they, we, I'm, I'll just team effort. I knew what I was getting into. I feel I had I just kind of had a feeling. I was like, well, I'll be bullshitting about music, and there might be a beer or two, and it might take it might be a little bit long, so I don't care. Yeah. I miss, well, I miss sleep anyway all the time. So. Uh, you 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 touched on it. I I sometimes try to make a point to touch on it when wrapping up, but the gift of time man uh and in our not to lump us together age-wise but and mm-hmm. you know we're not in our 20s anymore and uh it, it means a lot to say yeah i'll carve out some time on a tuesday evening uh, be away from my family or away from something i'd rather be doing to mm-hmm. come sit and do this so thank you very much um i usually drop the following Thursday. So okay. when, when it's out, I'll send it to you and sure. um, really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah. No, I had a lot of, I had a blast. And you, the, 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 I think when I got your list, I was like, perfect on, you know, in the text, but on the inside, I was like, fuck, how am I going to get ready? You know, oh. but it was a joy. It was a pleasure. All and, you had to say was like, I'm only going to listen to one of these. Adam. No, uh, no, 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 no. Cause you know, that's a very, there are, there are people that, like you ask and it's like they've been waiting for somebody and they and then there are people that are like i gotta think about it and like oh i did think about it i could only get it down to like three or five or whatever it is uh this is the first list of 16 and <laughs> awesome. I, I was like well let's just, let's just go for it see what <laughs> happens so yeah anyway thanks brother yeah, I appreciate thank you it. you're welcome